and he and he's a priest. He's a Catholic priest, and he's approaching it like literature. He's yeah. not looking at it like this is some shit that really happened. And that was probably one of the most beneficial class college classes I ever had in my life. Like I learned so much from that one thing, just from somebody speaking from the Bible of a place of y'all. This really didn't happen. This is just yeah. A sto- these are stories, co- a collection of stories. Even yeah, and even even in a class that's not like Bible centric, like if you're taking a, a literature class and you're reading like The Great Gatsby, right. it, like they don't tell you to even even ba- like even whatever F. Scott Fitzgerald said about the book. They tell you like it's still like you're you know you're reading it like there's your interpretations of this as well right it's still highly subjective no matter which way you cut it yeah and, and the Bible is like this one book that there's like so many like fundamentalists and it's like if you t- taking it literally is like very strange because in the book as you were going through it there's so many inconsistencies. It literally says there's so many people different fucking writing it. This is not the fucking word of God. This yeah. is some dudes that wrote a lot of shit. It's an anthology of stories. That's all it is. It's a one big anthology of stories, and it's about it's it's the Aesop's original tale, tales from the hood. Yeah. It's, it's Aesop's <laughs> fables written by a whole bunch of dudes, and you kind of have to take it that way. And when people try to use it as evidence for something, it. it I can't. I can't help but roll my eyes at those it people and kind of like, like fucking drama. Yeah, you know, it's a play. It's. But didn't weren't there a bunch of stories that mimicked the like the life and and I guess tales of Jesus with other people in history? Well, yeah, that preceded him. Yes, historically, a right. lot of them. Histori- yeah, so like, there's the Messiah. The Messiah thing is the Messiah. You, you yeah. find that everywhere. Like there's there's Lord Messiah. That's Dune. You know, Dune is a is a messiah mm-hmm. story, you know. Um like there's so many things like what Zoroastrianism, like it was like the exact same thing. And like stories like uh what's the Egyptian guy? Like uh what's the one? Because there's so Horus. many like, resurrection stories. Yeah, Horus. The the resurrection stories, like all these... I can't, Oh, by the way, D by the way, D, I just I, I gotta ask you, have you seen the greatest video series on the internet uh what's that other than your video series about your jokes oh yeah yeah that but have you seen dracula flow no i've not seen what the fuck is a dracula flow oh my god yeah i'm writing it down dracula it's three it's three videos on youtube and i think they i think they were made by that guy joji that um really plum records yeah it's like his channel plum records the fil- the filthy Frank guy. Yeah, I love filthy Frank. Yeah, I think he I think he's the one that produced these. But what it is is it's three different videos of this like wherever they found this guy, some like seventy year old white guy that they have dressed up in this shitty Dracula costume, where they like they drew the the hair on him like with <laughs> some like they it, the widow speaking everything is just like drawn on with a marker. Or some some sort of like soul glow spray, or I don't know what it is. And, and they have. It sounds him... like that character from us. Uh, uh, what's it? SCTV. What what character? You know, remember on SCTV? I forget his name, but it was like it, he looked exactly the same. Like it's like his whole head was drawn on like black as fuck, and he was supposed to be Dracula. Oh yeah, it yeah. It's like kind. Of, I guess it's kind of like that. But they have him. I get. I guess they've handed him what what I guess are like rap lyrics or some sort of something, and he's just doing like just lines. He's just saying this stuff, not like rapping necessarily, but more like spoken word. And it's 
like one of the hardest I've ever laughed watching these. Can you just look it up real quick? It's unhinged. He's just like, this shit ain't nothing to me, man. I'm moving different. I'm the I'm the dog fighting the biting the fart bubbles in the bath. I, I can't look it up right now because I'm literally on my phone doing this because I didn't feel like Oh my god. Yeah. I can't look it up right now, but I will go just go go look at it. It's, it's one, <laughs> yeah, the it, same shit. Like there was there was there was like a month. He was laying it, on his couch. There was like a month <laughs> when I watched I probably watched Dracula Flow like a hundred times in one month. I was so obsessed with it. It was like I couldn't get over like how funny it was. Like there's and there's like weird references in it where he's like, I was flipping bricks for Monza Musa before you even became a type one civilization. This shit wow. ain't nothing to me, man. So it's like freestyle, like it's like battle rap. It sounds like he's like a battle rapper, but yeah, Dracula. yeah, but he's like he's like seventy. It's just like some like weird seventy year white guy. Oh no, for real? He's an old white man. Yeah, he's like that coochie. In my mind, I'm picturing like some young dude. No, of, no, you know, it's... of any ethnicity. It's an old man, and he's like that coochie, yummy slime. That coochie doing it for me, slime. <laughs> well, I think it's got to be someone's <laughs> uncle or something. What the fuck? I, you, our young kids. And then, cause... and then for how for Halloween, there was a Twitter account that blew up. Uh, the I can't say the name of the the profile, but it's at uh in word mortis. So put it, you know, instead of rigor mortis. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> Nigga yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> and, and he we is need black. You on the show more. It is a black guy. <laughs> you can be our correspondent, our black correspondent. Yeah. And if... <laughs> We're going to need you to say the N word again, Didi. I hated the fact that I didn't think of it first. Like that's... <laughs> Yeah, and it was this it was this black guy who did he did Blackula Flow and his was also pretty funny. It was like a Halloween thing. <laughs> Blackula Flow. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a film that uh you should watch Dalton Blackula if you haven't seen it. I'll check it out. Man, Blackula is one of like the best seventies black exploitation black exploitation films. It's literally it's top tier. Top tier. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'm you have to. I, good I, stuff. Yeah, I haven't seen too many black exploit. I've seen coffee. Uh, that's a good one um the, pam Grier is in the sequel to blackula scream blackula scream okay uh, i don't think her tit is out in scream blackula scream she's some nice cleat but she, no i should do it i gotta do a tit talk i gotta get tarantino's attention with a fucking pam Grier tit talk rack reaction <laughs> was still sitting in uh, a jackie brown like even Dude, she brown. looks good in jackie brown she looks amazing pam gray is my hero like that's that's the love of my life right there. Like Pam Gray. I saw Foxy Brown when I was a child and I was just swept away. Like that's yeah. I don't want to be that. I only grew out of Afro because I wanted to put razor blades in it, like like Foxy <laughs> Brown. Like that. I think I remember when I when I was a kid, because I remember as a kid, like I think the grind the grindhouse movies that come out, and I remember listening to all these interviews with Tarantino talking about black exploitation and shit. And I was I was I was obsessed with Grindhouse and I was obsessed with like him and like that era. And I remember like going to Blockbuster with my family and renting that uh that Mario Van Peebles movie, um Sweet Sweetbacks. And you seen Sweetback? No, no, what happened was I put it in and I started watching it and like in the first like it's you know, child porn. Like yes, first, yeah, yeah. And, and my that's mom, his real son. That's his real son. Yeah, my mom saw me watching this and was like, absolutely fucking not. You're not like this what is crazy. Up? What is it called? Sweet, sweet, it's sweet, sweet, bad, sweet badass song. With like nine S's. 
Yeah, Sweet ba- Sweetback's badass song, and it's a lot of S's. But this is the thing. I watched that movie for the first time. I had to be, like, in my 30s, because I've never seen it. It's, it's like kind of like... There's a kid no, who, no. like, there's so an adult the premise, woman... Go ahead. The premise is, um, the Sweetback, the, the titular character, uh, he was raised in a whorehouse. <laughs> Yeah, he went. To, he went to a, a brothel as an orphan. Like, at, like the at, character like, from well, uh, What Women Want, or just Rick, like Richard Pryor in real life. Yeah, like, yeah right. Like, like Mel he Gibson. was just raised in a whorehouse, and he grew up to be like a pimp, I believe. I didn't get that far in the movie. Like, I got, I literally got as far as like the child sex. But in the very yeah. beginning, the very first scene is when he first comes to the whorehouse, and one of the the prostitutes has sex with him. And his real life son, Mario Van Peebles, who is a child. At the time, they show him buck naked, like mimicking in a sex scene with a grown woman. Yeah. Damn. I had to turn that shit off. I was like, man, I can't watch this shit. No, but I didn't watch a little further. I think I maybe got two minutes past that scene. And then it just got even wilder from that. I'm like, you know what? (laughs) I couldn't watch that. I tried, like, a couple years ago, I tried watching that Shia LaBeouf movie uh, that he did. Funny Boy? Yeah, and there's that scene where it's the kid. The kid version I of him. Honey Boy. I never Dude, even. Yo, they, I, never it, I can't like whatever acclaim it got. I couldn't believe it because I, I made it like halfway through and I had to turn it off because it was making me too uncomfortable. Because the kid that the the child version of Shia LaBeouf in that movie. Because uh, he plays his own father in that movie, pretty yeah, much, right? Like, and he's he's okay. good in it, from what I saw. And the and the kid that plays him has this like weird relationship with a character played by uh that that lady uh fka twigs mm-hmm. and and it's like this kind of like sexual thing they have going on well but no she... but in real life she said that he abused her sexually and like uh held her hostage or something and yeah but i mean like in the movie they they show like sounds hot her being like kind of physical with this child and i'm like i can't i'm not watching this this is fucking crazy like this it's too much sometimes like yeah i understand you know art imitating life or whatever the fuck but come on you know (laughs) do you know by the way this is this is probably a great moment in i guess like black history where where black shit and white shit collided in a really fun way have you have you seen ari aster's first movie that short film he did what's that what was the name of it the strange thing about the johnsons oh my god (laughs) <laughs> y'all seen that one uh it, but it, it the fun the funniest thing about it it god that name is cursed like you say the title and it like hits me like people ah. it was respected enough that it got him hereditary like he like the people liked that enough that a24 was like yeah go ahead and make this like feature length movie for us and hereditary fucked me up Right. The strange thing about the Johnson fucked me up in fucked us all up in a different way. None of us were prepared for this. Yeah, I I watched it and I just wondered where did you find this many black people willing to do this? And I just <laughs> like I I could see white people doing a movie like that. Like when sure. I think of that black man screaming in his tub, it just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, is this, it like a horror movie? It Sal so it, yo. Brother, yeah. it's I don't even know if I should spoil it for you because it's so fucking crazy. Yeah, don't please don't just watch it. You just remember go, like two girls, one remember cup. The you remember, y'all remember two girls, one cup, right? When somebody said, "Hey, have you seen two girls, one cup?" and then you yeah, unwittingly like, watched really two girls, one cup. Out. 
Yeah. This is a more this is a more cinematic like the, the art house version. the art house two girls one cup. Oh, two girls one cup. <laughs> it's Sal go watch go watch the movie I think it's on YouTube go watch the and movie it's short oh, it's Johnsons? like what twelve minutes it's, it's yeah like it's, a, it's, it's a student <laughs> film he did and it got it put him on the map to where he's now like one of the biggest directors ever and go watch this and then go watch like black people reacting to it as well okay because it's like it, it's it's one of those things where. It's definitely now, if you want to see some black people react like for the first dude, time. Yo, because it's, it's, it, it's, it's called the New strange Jack Johnson, it's called the strange thing about the Johnsons. And it's a, it's, I'll tell you this much it's a movie about a black family, and that's that's all I'm telling you. And, and uh, yeah, I don't think I'm interested. <laughs> go watch it, but it's it's one of those, it, it like what got me about it more than anything was like. Yeah, this is fucked up, and the subject matter is crazy, and, and like this is this is just like really weird. But the thing that was most disturbing about it was that it's a, it's a black family. I'm like, where did you? Where, who are these actors? And I think from because I saw this in college. I think I was in college, or maybe it was after I got out of college. But I'm gonna watch it tonight. From that standpoint, I can see what you're saying. Like, how did you even get people? Like, how did you even get black people to agree to do such a thing? But I feel like that's a surface level response because I think black actors want to do more like avant-garde, very risky shit like this, but we don't really get the opportunity because I, people feel like, oh, black people can't play these characters. Black I get I'm talking about just culturally. You're talking like black like no, black culturally. People. No, even culturally too, because culturally black people will say the same thing. But being on the side from the creative side of it, I feel like like black actors, black creators will want to I think it inspired a lot of black creators, quite frankly, because especially like in the horror, like suspense type of genre, because it was very, you know, it was some breakthrough shit. <laughs> it really yeah. like shattered some glass to where we was like, oh fuck, we could do shit like this too. We yeah, well, did you did like you ever that? see that one that horror movie that uh, I think it was like the guy Flying Lotus made with um, I think like George Clinton is in it. <laughs> it's called a uh... Cosmic Slop. No. No, it's called Kuso, and it's just like no. a really gross-out horror movie. That's another no, one. No, I've seen Cosmic Slop, which was a George Clinton funkadelic thing, um, which is a good one. I saw him live. Uh, I saw it. I went, like, this was recently, like, within the last few years. Oh, okay. But, I'm talking about something from the 90s. It was like an anthology thing. It was like a Tales of Consequence thing. It was called Oh, Cosmic no, I don't, I don't know about it. I thought you were just referencing, like, the group. No, no, that's a, it's, it's really like, the, it was like a like a movie of the week type of thing that was made um, in the early 90s and it was actually kind of good it was it was weird they tried to do like a tales from the crypt type of thing okay. uh tales of consequence but no, I, a few years ago i it was in dallas i went and saw a show that was billed as george clinton with parliament and funkadelic i don't know why it was too old to be still doing that shit man. it was brutal because it was like george clinton came out and he's like a hundred and he's and he's weathered like the drug use yeah and he's like on the road he can barely stand up you know he's struggling and then there's like 30 other people on stage with him most of which are not even like playing music they're just like dancing and acting crazy it was it well, was see, that's why he's broke that's why he still has the tour at this late age because back in the day when he did that he was paying all the motherfuckers standing on stage like when will you learn george when will you learn <laughs> yeah it, like it even was... Wu-Tang had their limits you know what I'm saying like 
Yeah. This is it's too much. But yeah, that's why he still got a tour because he's so broke because he was paying all these fucking people that did literally nothing. Yeah. And all these entourage and hangers on. That's crazy that like a guy that influential and um he looks did, so tired. Doesn't he look tired? He looks, like, I, I watched the Tiny Desk concert he did and he he looks like shit. Looks so tired. Like his he don't even wear the glasses no more. His eyes are just like And he's bald. You know he reminds me of he he reminds me of remember on uh Futurama? What's a uh, squirm? What was the 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 uh, slug? Oh, uh, women wearing Yeah, yeah. The... That's yeah, what I know. reminds me. I'm just like, oh, and no. the, and the thing, and, and, and like his iconically, his image is like the crazy hair, right? And, and he's bald, so like presumably, if he has the hair, he's wearing a wig, you know, for the most part. Yeah. But when I went and saw him, he's like he didn't have the wig on, and he's like. Now I know y'all expecting to see some wild rainbow hair, but uh, I ain't doing that tonight. <laughs> I was like, I also right. when I be performing, really, I'm just gonna like sit down. I'm gonna shuffle a little bit off to the side. Yeah, it was. I'm gonna, was, I'm gonna whisper into the mic. It was brutal. It was crazy, and it was all. I also felt ridiculous because it's like the audience was mostly, uh, you know, white people, and I was like, oh, this is brutal. I mean, that had to be like the saddest version of Atomic Dog you'll ever hear in your life. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was. I mean, the when when they did because he's not, he doesn't have to do anything for this one. But when they did a uh, Maggot Brain, that was cool. <laughs> it's just the guitar yeah, player, right? Like, yeah, just let the dude play. But you know, freak of the week, like it has to be shit. Yeah, shit. Nobody but, needs to see that. Yeah, but I mean, as far as like the actual band goes, like the only one is George. Like, there's no Bootsy. Bernie Worrell's fucking dead. Well, Bootsy, he knows Bootsy Collins. Yeah, Bootsy Collins is an accomplished instrumentalist, and uh, he produces music and he plays background. He played it the right way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Collins. You know you don't have to get all right. You know, you know, it was like sneak. You know, it was like sneakily, like kind of like a music genius. And I, I mean, I know that I'm like late to this i'm sure but i saw a video the other day that flavor flay posted of him playing bass and i was like this wait the the fucking clock like yeah boy guys this good yeah, at bass pretty good musician this yeah. is fucking crazy he plays, he plays like all kinds of instruments like he's really very much an accomplished uh he's very handsome musician. too Shut yeah up. uh <laughs> i don't want to find him very attractive <laughs> damn <laughs> Did you did you did y'all did y'all did y'all watch the juvenile tiny desk? Of course. Several oh times. Are you God. serious? I'm from that fucking, was... I'm fucking home in Louisiana. I gotta watch it. Like that was so viewing. fucking good. I was like, yo, they are tearing the roof watch. off of this bookstore or whatever <laughs> that is. Like, I was like this dude. library is going dumb. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Man, like, like they Who's ever sh- has has that much much ass ever been shook next to a stack of books before? I would contest not. <laughs> I, I would say that ass has not been shaken has, that yeah. hard. Have that books. many co- have that many copies of the Goldfinch been in the presence of that much black ass? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I can't say that it has. At least not that much shaking, you know. Yeah. It's, like they probably ha- like I'm surprised the doors didn't blow off the front of that motherfucker. But this, you know, but that's the thing about uh, New Orleans. Even though I don't go back home no more, the one thing about New Orleans is we go turn up regardless. Regardless, we don't give a fuck where we at. Bitch, what's this a library? Fuck it, we going dumb. We shaking ass in the library. Harder than a bitch. How do how do Louisianans feel about or at least you? Uh, 
feel about uh, Theo Vaughn? <laughs> I typically refrain from comment when it comes to Theo Vaughn. <laughs> Why would he do? <sighs> Terrible things. Have you, Sal? Have you ever seen him in the room with a black person? I mean, have you ever seen like wh- what he turns into? When he's in the presence of like Drewski, is he like that lady or... that's like, "Go back to Zimbabwe, you fucking." No, <laughs> that would be bad. That would be bad. <laughs> that was so fucking funny. <laughs> Dee, have you not seen that video? It's like in the UK. This this no. this black this black guy is like the white lady that was standing next to the car talking in that weird voice. That's yeah, like, she's like, she's like what, what are you doing here? And then she yeah, it, it goes into like, immediately. you fucking for, for the sake of my mental health, I do not watch videos of white women cutting up. Because I just be wanting to punch through my phone. Like, bitch, I'll yeah. choke the shit out of you. Like, I'll like I'll stump them. I don't know who was there and didn't stomp a mud hole in their ass, but I decided, like, I just can't watch them without being there i can't watch because i've had too many white women as a youth like when i was a little girl try me and i just think of the ass whippings that i should have gave to them old white bitches you know what i'm saying like i should i just think of that shit so when i see that i say man i can't watch this unless she getting her ass whipped by the end of this i can't watch this yeah no i do like those that one and that that one like i've seen a few where white women pow straight knockout like if you flatline that bitch, if you about to fold this white woman, I'm down. Other than that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, than, a, but I do it, know what you're talking about. I, I yeah. watched the beginning of it. But Sal, to 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 answer your question, like if you, if you ever watch, like it's such a stark contrast between like when Theo Vaughn is around a like a white person versus like whenever he's interviewing somebody like Drew Ski or Sexy Red or any of these people, he goes full shuck and jive. With, well, like, I, I attribute that to his Shreveport. In what way? Like oh, he puts voice? on full blackness, black scent situation. He goes like Justin Timberlake. Um, but again, I attribute this to his yeah, but Justin Timberlake is black. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, like he. The thing that pisses that really pissed me off about him is like he, for the most part, he seems like kind of benign and almost like, kind of like just his brain is turned off a lot of the time but he he had tucker carlson on and i'm like do you have I any about that? And of course i never listened to it but i heard was he just being a dude like, a, like no, well silly... it was it was it was like do, i i just was watching it like do you, do you have any fucking clue who this guy is like what what is your like knowledge base on like what he's done i'm gonna have that well, tucker, he does seem very clueless like, every interview he has he seems like he enters it with no knowledge whatsoever like he approaches everything like a child almost yes yeah he has the energy i i said he has the energy of like a puppy whose owner just got home from work right like that's exactly what it is and so and i don't know i guess maybe that's why i don't say much about it because i feel like what i can't intelligently or intellectually approach something like this like there's no point of me coming into it this way yeah, because I'm yeah. already out of my depth. Like but I'm the, already. I, I find the 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 like the the thing that's happening with Tucker Carlson now, this like revisionist thing that's happening with him, is is like kind of disturbing to me because I'm like I'm normally like not particularly affected by that kind of thing. Like there's grifters and whatever people have to do what they got to do, you know. 
But that guy specifically, I'm like seeing him go on all the like Theo Vaughn's show and all these bar stool shows and whatever. I'm like, do any of you fucking people have any clue like the amount of blood on this dude's hands? Like this no, guy. I don't. I don't think they can. I don't. I think it's just the same thing when they people have Alex Jones on and stuff like that. I don't think they can. I think they just know it will amount to clicks because they're like, oh, controversy. That. You know that draws oh. viewers controversy. They that'll get you some clicks and that'll get you some shares and comments, but they not really, uh, not even uh necessarily conscientious of the effect that these people actually have on the world and how fucked up it is. Yeah, t- 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 on that t- note, Tucker Carlson. What? Sorry, I'm gonna no, tap I mean, out. We can, o'clock. we can, yeah, we can end soon. I just wanted, I just want to okay, talk okay. about. How shitty Tucker, because Tucker Carlson is like a legitimately evil person. Like this, this thing that's <laughs> happening. Tuck. Yeah, this thing that's happening right now, where he's like, like he's a legacy Ivy League trust fund, just wet noodle, skin pencil neck, piece of shit ass white boy. Like he the white boy that white boys don't like. Like he's just yeah, and he he spent like so many years on cable news calling for war and violence and bloodshed and like telling women like you can't get an abortion and uh he's he's kind of he is like even for fox news he's kind of an extremist yeah he's a noted bigot unabashed unashamed just unapologetic yeah like to the point i don't i don't know what the whole situation was but to the point where fucking rupert murdoch himself fired him right like Like, if if it's that bad yeah If you're like Jesus. too, if you're too much for Rupert Murdoch, Jesus Christ, dude. But I think and, like Fox News getting rid of him, it almost kind of let him off his leash. Now he can, you know, oh, just yeah. become even more influential since then. Uh, yeah, because because the dopes out there, like the lowest common denominator audience, that feels as though they're subverting the mainstream media by turning to right, yeah, Joe like, Rogan. Who- you know, yeah. the rhinos, like they sticking it to the rhinos and shit and you know Yeah, the, the people the, pe- the people who are like, I don't go for the lies of the mainstream media, you know, that's that's for the the you know, the idiots out there. I go to Joe Rogan, the most popular and influential media figure on the planet currently. <laughs> like they right, think the, that the do your own research crowd, like Yeah, that. they they think that they're still doing like some underground bullshit when it's like, no, he's like these platforms are arguably bigger and more influential than Fox News. Like Fox News just has its foothold in like Gen X and Boomers and shit like that. But like Rogan and Theo Vaughn, Barstool, all that, like that's the the future of all of this. And so like to court somebody like Tucker Carlson, I'm like, damn, you guys should have really let this dude fucking like just suffocate. Like do, do not let him on this. These but no, but that's what I'm saying. But like you were saying, this uh, this wave they can't afford to not have him on because that's what they are. That's the whole brand. Let's hear them out. Let's hear these dudes out. You know, let's see what they're saying and decide for yourselves. We shouldn't censure them. They should be able to, you know, first amendment. They should be able to speak their mind. You can make your own decisions about, you know, is that bullshit? Yeah. It's yeah, they really it's, can't afford not to entertain it and to not platform it. Yeah, they they like the, <laughs> the fact that they, they think Tucker Carlson is like this subversive figure that he's like going against the the narrative in some way or whatever. This country and, club ass bastard, fucking villain from 
Revenge of the Nerd Days, bitch, is supposed to be counterculture. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's what he's positioning himself now as. He's like, I do Zen, and uh, you know, look at me. I'm a bad boy. I'm putting in a Zen, and I'm interviewing the crackhead that gave Barack Obama a blowjob. Oh my, like that shit, like that. Wait, someone and, blew and the president. Someone blew Barack Obama. Tucker some, Carlson, some lying, some lying ass con artist has claimed many times, and he's claimed so in the past that he blew Barack Obama and that they did crack together. It was like a that. guy? Yeah. yeah. Some some gay white dude, he said, yeah, Barack Obama picked me up in a bar. We did crack and I, I sucked his dick. Yeah, and Tucker Carlson had this like very like Tucker Carlson interview where he's like, okay, so you're telling me like Barack Obama's gay? Right, you're engaging this person seriously and I'm like... Mm-hmm. No, no, he just parties like really hard. Yeah. <laughs> right, like they basically made like Barack Obama, oh yeah, he parties. He parties like hard as fuck. No, like, he picked he me really up in a limo parties. and he, he knew the vibe, you know, he just pulled Snorted out the crack pipe. off of my erect penis. <laughs> he just pulled out the crack pipe like it was nothing. We just, he knows you know. the Bible too? You seen that? Um, I guess we can get we can get out of here on something silly because yeah, I, I just really speaking of Obama, there's no, a, not really. one of those. Uh, there's like a CW Flash spinoff show called Legends of Tomorrow. Rest and in peace, CW. Oh, yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, rest uh, in. They they really fucked that guy over the Grant Gustin who played the Flash in that show because he's nowhere in that movie. And well, Grant, I love Grant. He's He's wonderful. He's great, and, and in the Ezra Miller shows up in the show, but they didn't pay hit pay Grant Gustin the same respect and allow him to be in a fucking multiverse Flash movie. You brought yeah, back Michael Grant Keaton, Lee. but no Grant Gustin. Super they even had George Clooney, the worst Batman of all time. Yeah, they they had George Clooney. <laughs> that movie was baffling, like how bad it was and how it's not even a Flash movie. It's like. It's where's not, the where's not. the gorilla? Where's the the fucking yeah? Cold? Where's that in them? Like where's the yeah? Where, I mean, but they kind of had because that that uh storyline does exist in Flash, kind of like him becoming the worst possible version of himself, like in a timeline breach situation. So that does happen. It just wasn't, you know. DC has very been dis- been very disappointing in the film universe. Uh, the animated series and the animated films are just absolutely wonderful. I don't know why they just didn't make that live action, but well, you know, I ain't no producer. I, I don't have no money. Blank, Nobody listen to me. Well, they, they I guess they're revamping it. Like they brought on James Gunn to like redo everything. Uh, and he's I, I, I he's like now now he's like the Kevin Feige of WB like. I will not be holding my breath. But you were saying about the Legends of Tomorrow, that god awful series. That okay, I yeah. So there's there's a really funny scene in it that goes viral like every few months because of how it doesn't make sense that this was in a TV show, but it's like a time travel show. Yeah. And so I I think it's Gorilla Grodd or another smart gorilla that has gone back in time, and it goes to this college kid's dorm room, and it's a black kid, and the gorilla goes. Hello, Barack Obama. <laughs> He's there to assassinate Barack Obama before he becomes like the senator or whatever. He's just in college. <laughs> now, what reason could Grod have? To want to I kill? I don't know the context of it, but it's literally like there's a there's a shot of college age Barack Obama running out of this dorm room, being chased by a gorilla. <laughs> like I couldn't even watch that. I think I watched the. Uh maybe the first season maybe 
It was just so bad. It was just the whole thing was so bad. And then you got a gorilla to kill Barack Obama. Lord have mercy. Like he's Hitler. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like he's baby Hitler. Come on, yeah. man. But the, 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 I mean, those CW shows were all like pretty rough. I mean, Flash got terrible towards the end, but I did watch every episode of every season because I did love it at first. But it just got yeah, it, it got pretty bad. Yeah. But um, like maybe maybe superhero shit should just be that. Like they take it, it's too serious in the movies, so maybe it should just be campy. Sorry, my know. wife showing me some shoes that uh, she bought her son today at the store. Look <laughs> um, at you being a wife, a, a husband, and a dad. That's so weird. And you just, and then you come on the internet and show everybody titties, your whore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're a father. You're a husband. Oh wow, these are cute as hell. Damn, you got a, she got a couple pairs. Is yeah. it baby days or they're uh, Nikes? Okay. How um, old is it, Kate? I got twins that are three, and then oh. I have a one-year-old. Look at that. You're a whole dad out here. They let anybody have babies these days. Right? I'm a grown ass man, mama. A grown ass man. <laughs> Get Hell your yeah. breast off of social media. You're a father. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think everybody's a little oh, tired of the, the superhero stuff. Well, you know, it's all getting very bad. So yeah, it's, remember it's the movie getting... Mystery Man. Mystery Man's good. That was um, before its time, man. That movie should have been. I met I met her a few years ago. I met Jenny Garofalo. Um, and... Garofalo. Yeah. Jenny Garofalo. Yeah, and I went up to her and I was like, "Hey, I just you know I just want to introduce myself. I just want to say I, I I'm a big fan of Mystery Men." No. And she was like, "You know, I still have the bowling ball. Like, oh, that's so, <laughs> that's awesome." <laughs> Don't say that. Yeah, and then we talked and then we talked about like nine eleven like, for know, an hour. But you're, I'm, Sorry, I'm, I'm retelling your story to my wife. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We taught. She told me about the bowling ball, and then she told me that, and then she went into like, you know, the movie flopped, but you know, a lot of studio interference, and and, she, and then and then we talked about like nine eleven for an hour. Nice. Um, I yeah. love Jenny so much. She's she's great. Yeah, players. she does she does stand up all the time in New York, just like at clubs and bars and like backyards and shit. All right, and she's very very funny. She is. She's hilarious. I just hate that she didn't get, you know, more uh, more support from, you know, the industry. Because she was always very funny. I hated the way in movies. She Listen, was always like I wish the her the fucking friend. best. I wish her good health. I'm going to sneak out, though, because my <laughs> wife's going to bring the kids in. I love you all. I mean, bye, yeah, bye Salvatore. It was nice Goodbye, talking Sal. to you. Um, Sorry, darling. I couldn't hang, you know. No, we. I think we've been going for Quite a while. They're, they're doing the twenty-four hours. Me and Dawson talked for a long time. Me and Dawson He's trying to beat Noob Saibai. Yeah, I did. Like, I, yeah, I wish I, I wish I had known we were going to do this. I would have. I mean, we've had a good conversation. Um, I think the audience will be pleased. I don't know uh, if they'll be pleased, but they'll definitely hear some shit they didn't expect to hear. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I guess I. Uh, I don't know. I do have to work in the morning. Uh. And this this has been good. Been, Hell yeah, been... but you know, I'm down to come on anytime. You know, you're my fave. Oh, yeah, thank you. I love you, Dee I love you so much, Dawson. And it was good to see you, and I'm glad that you're, you know, on the upswing. Yeah, yeah, you know, we, we build back better. Uh, Dark Brandon. Um... <laughs> uh, do, do you do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, other than your mom's butthole, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
Well, but but no, I mean, I do. I still have like the first comedy album I'll call "We're All Gonna Die," but I'm just trying to figure out this comedy shit for myself right now, nigga. I don't know what the fuck I'm about to do. Like, I yeah, I might never do comedy again for all I know. Yeah, I, I might. I might, I might just, I might release this one as like the free episode, just so like more people can see it and follow you. Uh, this is the thing. Like, follow me for what? I'm gonna be doing nothing on the internet. I go to work every day. I work from home, and I kind of like it because I don't have to look at people. I drink at my home, you know, in the evening time. Yeah, but you're gonna, you're gonna have, you're gonna have like a really popular uh, podcast. Uh, oh yeah, on the Billionaire Podcast Network. Yeah, on the. On the VPN, yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> on the VPN, yeah. And, uh, you would, I mean, you 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 probably would be good. Like, there's very few people who and like, you know, do do whatever you want in terms of like your own creative output. But like, you would actually be good at like even like the solo show. Like, if you did like a solo podcast, like an hour, hour and a half each week. And I used to be an avid listener of the Bill Burr. Uh, podcast the monday morning podcast i still listen to it sometimes um and i would marvel at the way he could just talk about shit by himself yeah i've started doing it i i've been doing it for like a few months now like i've done like 12 solo things like i I but but i've told you before like i would read a book of just your tweets like just this the crazy (laughs) shit that you would just say on the internet just like your facebook posts and your tweets i would just read a book of that but I'm not that type of person. I don't just say things. I, I I'm a silent person. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do 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 a show with a. But no, people keep saying, "Oh, you should do a podcast." Why you don't do a podcast? I just, I should. I should one day. I don't well, know. here, okay, here, like real talk as far as like comedy goes and content and entertainment. Uh, I think, like stand up itself is is a really cool art form and when it's good it's good and it's very difficult it's also like very antiquated and i think like audience like people in general uh are not as interested in stand-up as they are in, in in terms of like at least like what's available to to um you know consume from the comfort of your home or car or wherever it may be I think like I think there's like still this the live element of stand up is like you can't replicate that so there's always going to be an audience for that but I think in terms of like what people are tuning into with comedians now uh, and just content in general is like podcasting and that makes me sad but you're right you're very right um, but, but it's, a, it's in not the not grand the- tradition of broadcasting so Limbaugh and Art so Bell. Again, the pendulum always swings back. It's like we going back to the days of, you know, World of Worlds or some shit. Like, I just don't, I, I don't understand it, but it's not for me to understand. You just kind of well, got to ride. How many people have you talked to just like comedy fans who will tell you about their favorite comedian and then you like, they, but they also admit they've actually never seen their stand up. It's like, oh, I, I love this guy. I've only ever heard him on podcasts. I have no clue what his stand-up is like. And it's like, you'd be surprised that it actually sucks. But, you know, I think the... I think what it is is social media is kind of king right now. They say content is king is is the phrase. And I have never been one to really participate in social media, like, very earnestly or very actively or consistently. But that's where it is. Like you say, it's podcasted, but I think it's just content in general. 
because you are correct. It, like stand-up comedy uh, as a live uh, performance, it is it is very singular. You're not really going to be able to recreate that nowhere. But people are so used to scrolling and seeing some funny shit that that's what they want to see because it's more convenient. Yeah. And it's and it's, it's honest incredible. and it's a great way to build an audience. It's a great way to make money. Cause like stand stand up is like so ethereal and it's so fucking hard to turn that into anything. Whereas like with this sort of thing, like doing YouTube and TikTok and all that is is like you know, I I was definitely one of the more like Luddite type of people for a while where I was like, no, this is bullshit, you know, uh it's 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 not human or whatever i thought and then i realized like oh this is actually like where people are headed is is like youtube and tiktok rumble for the for the renegades true true social yeah 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 and and it is it is like not even the future it is like now it's like i mean look at mr like look at mr beast he's got like a billion youtube subscribers like i've never been i've never denied the impact of social media and content creation but I can't necessarily say that I want to be involved all that much. And yeah, I get that. It is what it is. Like I love stand up. I really love performing live in front of people and doing that. And I feel like I'm pretty good at it. But like you said, like nobody, the eyes aren't there. The eyes are on pe- the screens, like the eyes are on the screens. And yeah, this but is what it's. You have to do. You know, and it's like that is the model now. It's like if you're gonna do comedy or to any capacity, it's like having some sort of content for the internet is the way that you get like an audience and get people interested in coming watching you. And not it, just that; it's not about interest. It's the only way that anybody takes you seriously. Yeah, as a comedian. the only part that you give a fuck if you're not creating content. The only person I've seen recently that like you know I'm happy for him is kind of like a mutant outlier thing was like somehow Ralph Barbosa just navigated yeah. all the, like yeah. around <laughs> all of that. And now he got like a Netflix special. And I'm like, goddamn, I I kind of know this dude. Like it's just yeah, I like, remember. Oh, I remember seeing him like show up at open mics for the first time. And, like, yeah, I think, I think like, we that's were... what I'm saying. He started after us. And so yeah. I remember seeing him at the open mics and he would be that hyenas late night like the rest of us. Yeah, and then I, I think dinner. he and I were in the same like round at like Funniest Comic in Texas one year. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh, I'm seeing him like it, it becoming like really famous. I'm like, what the right, fuck? Like he did the HBO thing, and before I like, I don't even know how it happened, but it happened. And and that's the thing about comedy that I think a lot of people don't understand. Even people who are in it, like we are, there's no formula really to this shit. You no, never know. His success doesn't make any sense. Like he's right. Like, it, like there's no formula to it, and you can't your expectations. He's a like, funny guy. He's ta- he's talented, but you know, like, the funniest person I've ever met it, it, who should be famous is Carrie Cooltrip, and he's homeless. Bro, when you hit me with that, when you hit him with that, what a victory guy. Before you even said <laughs> it, I thought it. As soon as, as soon as I scrolled on that video, where the God BBWs at was the first thing that came in my head. And then, <laughs> it's like, God damn it, dog. I I have I've thought about where the God BBW's at I think every day for what every like six day. years <laughs> since then where the God BBW's at 
he he's to this day he has probably my favorite joke i've ever heard it was like i remember the night i heard this for the first time me and brett pivoto both fell out of our chairs laughing because it was it was so unhinged in, in, in like such an endearing way where you this is at mabel's rest in peace and he's he's on stage and it's carrie so like you don't even know like what he knows you can't even imagine what's in his head and what he has knowledge of and he goes on stage and he's like man y'all want to know who the baddest bitch of all time is medusa <laughs> and, and dude when he hit when he hit medusa when he landed on that I could. I was like, "This is the funniest." I don't even care what he says next. This is the funniest thing I've ever heard. You know when he did me that he he hit me with one of them too, and I think like I ran out the club. What was the name of that place that was on the corner, like on the square? He uh, used to do, used to do music shows and, and stuff. They had karaoke. Andy's or Abby Underground. Andy's. So we were at Andy's, and I think it was an open mic. Carrie got on stage. She was doing some shit. And you know, it's Carrie. Carrie is not an intellectual by any means. Uh, he is that just rambling homeless person. He's but not, somehow, but I would not have expected him to have any knowledge of Greek mythology. He has the same knowledge that anybody does. Like, oh, there's some cool shit, Medusa. It's, it's like very pop culture knowledge. This is not an intellectual man. He is not a, a higher thinking man. He is simple, like Rose and Island simple. Like that's where he sits in all of this. <laughs> So he has, he tells a joke, open mic at Andy's Monday night. Joke doesn't land. Everybody looking blank at him. He said, oh, I guess that one was too smart for y'all. Since ran <laughs> out of the club onto the street, screaming, laughing. This nigga killed me with that one line. So oh, I guess that was too smart for y'all. I said, bro, you are going to take me to an early fucking grave. Yeah, but he's he's kind of like he's kind of proof that you don't need uh any real smarts or knowledge or anything to be funny because he was like consistently one of the funniest people I, I would watch. And but I laugh in the sense of like I laugh like because he's like in a, a child. <laughs> he, he's somebody he he never advances. No, intellectually he never advances. He is but, like he is the epitome of arrested development. He is fourteen still. I I went into Andy's one day and he was sitting at one of those tables and he had all of his notes out in front of it. Like the table was covered in notebooks and paper, and it looked like the fucking notebooks from the movie Seven. Like it was like just <laughs> tiny, like all filled in. No, brim. I do believe he's insane. No, I do believe this man is, yeah. is insane. I do. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's I'm unfortunately, that unfortunately, that's why he'll never be successful because he does. He has the mind for comedy for sure, but absolutely, he has the but also the mind for like nothing else. <laughs> he's uh, just an, an insane person. You but... know what he reminds me of? You know how? And it started like maybe five years ago when they would uh. It was like a, a popular tweet when they said we um forced this AI bot to read a hundred romantic comedies and we made it write a script. <laughs> that shit. Yeah. Like like that Donald Trump rally one that they did when they said a gun that is alive, like that's Carrie. Yeah. That's him to me. He is that AI produced comedy script. Yeah. Nothing makes sense. 
Nothing connects, but it's hilarious to watch. It's chaotic. Where, where are the gods of BBWs at? <laughs> I'll, that, that, yeah. Took me down. 40 years from now, I'll be in the shower just thinking about <laughs> that. <laughs> just laughing to myself. Where the gods of BBWs? He said something to me one time. It was like, almost like homeless black man philosophy where he was like man you know i love big girls you know i like them big you know big but like overweight and i was like really and he goes let me ask you something you don't like ass and titties <laughs> and i'm like you know what <laughs> now that you mention it i i am a fan <laughs> and big, big girls if, if nothing else are not are not lacking in that department <laughs> I'll never forget one random date, and I couldn't even reply because it's like I don't even know what to say to this. And this had to be last year, year before last, like two years ago. I haven't talked to Kerry Cool Trip since before I left Dallas, before he went on that bender where he was like couch hopping and Denton. I haven't heard shit from this man. I haven't spoken to him. Out of nowhere, in the middle of the night, it got to be like 2 a.m., he sent me a, a message on Instagram. Man, you know what be hype? If me, you, and Carrie Smith did like a three-headed monster comedy tour, that would be hilarious. <laughs> like, you know, like that, like the Hydra, or so, <laughs> like Cerberus. From like Carrie, it's two in the morning. I haven't said a word to you since 2017. It would be funny. It would be funny if he had like a pretty deep knowledge of Greek mythology, where he's like, we call it the Cerberus comedy tour, you know, because it's three of us. Like the, the the guard of hell, you know. Are you saying are you saying Carrie Cool Trip is the kind of slow like if you drop a whole bunch of paper clips on the ground he could count them like he know how many it is? Yeah, maybe he he, he might be yeah, or he might just it might he might just be specifically know a lot about Greek mythology. No, <laughs> I don't. I, he, I know what he know a lot about uh, God BBWs. I think yeah. he knows a lot about that. He loves them big, yeah. He loves and them big he and spooky. But yeah, there's not a Halloween that comes where I don't laugh to myself. <laughs> there was another, um, was it like there were there were all these like figures in DFW who were like caricatures almost, but oh, would, would like hit with like something that was so funny that I was like, that that's like legitimately genius, <laughs> you know? Like I remember one time sitting at hyenas, like me and Tyler Simpson were sitting together. And comedian KG was on stage, and I don't even remember what he was talking about. But he said he, one of the lines he had was, "Man, my dick was harder than the last level of Super Mario Brothers." That's <laughs> <laughs> too good. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh, I, I've heard a lot. Of, I, I wish I could remember the things that I heard when I was doing stand-up comedy in DV, DFW because I was way too drunk. <laughs> remember that guy? Remember that guy, Scarecrow? Oh. Scarecrow, Doug Comedian? Where he, of course he, got, he started some shit on like one of those dumb Facebook pages. And he started he, shit everywhere. Like He invited me to some like weird porn group on Facebook. He tried to add me to some weird like sex group and shit. But he it was so funny because like everybody's clowning on him because he keeps like any criticism he's receiving in this thread he keeps coming back with the like to defend himself being like i'm the 16 time haircutting champion of dfw 
He's like he's like a bizarro carry cool trip. He's like mirror dimension carry cool trip. Like he's the like evil carry cool trip to me because they're on the same level intellectually. They say the same random shit. It's just that he ain't funny and he's way more defensive. Yeah. Like he would just go hard on everybody and I would just watch the threads. I'm like, okay, well, what's this motherfucker gonna get into today? What kind of crazy shit yeah. are we gonna see in the DMW comedian space today featuring Scarecrow the comedian? Yeah, I, I I loved that time and like that a city like that, like going to comedy clubs around there, because you would see so many like so many weird mi- like things. really just like misfits and freak shows and there's there's an element of that in new york but new york is a lot of like entertainment business like minded people yeah. Where, whereas like in dallas it was i i i've tried to like this just running around without underwear on our head drunk I, i've tried to like describe ross day to people and they they like can't wrap their head around like what, what i'm is, you can't you can only experience ross day you can't really <laughs> describe it yeah, one can only experience the washboard. Uh, yeah, Which... and just the fights that happen, like the physical altercations. Hell, even my own. Like I just, it's just it happened in yeah. such a way that it's it's almost Fucking like Zach, Zach Ayers almost getting killed by Kelly Sellers. Oh, Kelly Sellers! I wrestled her one time in the the hyenas bar uh, on a Thursday night. We we wrestled uh, on the floor by the door. Yeah. Uh, those she, were good yeah, times, man. She was a wild one. Uh, she was, and I loved her crazy ass. I love me. So <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. Me and Kelly were hanging out. I remember she ran out of my house because, like I said, a sentence that she didn't like, and she ran out of my apartment. I just have to leave right now. And I'm like, oh, we were just. Yeah, I think she was like my. She was my first run in with like legit, like really scary mental illness. Like, oh yeah. I, I remember oh, the, yeah. the first conversation I had with her. I I had never been around somebody like that, and I could tell something was off, and I just was like, what the fuck is going on with this lady? And then, like, the more I got to know her and see her social media presence, I was like, oh, this is like... Yeah, she she wants for real. Yeah, this is what you see in the movies. Right, this is like lifetime movie of the week crazy. But I guess I was uh, I was always very sensitive to that and I made friends with her, and I was really like I was really cool with Kelly, and I liked her as a person because I could see her in the between moments when she was regular. Yeah, you know <laughs> those moments of clarity, right? Like the the bipolar disorder, it just swings both yeah. ways, and you kind of have to catch it right here. <laughs> it's, yeah, you just gotta catch the pendulum like right in the middle, and it's like, oh, okay. But then, mm. no, the, <laughs> I'm going back up. More than anything, the most frustrating thing I get, and this is, I guess, just about comedy in general, but especially like, I guess, I guess, because I have such strong connection to that area. What was really frustrating to experience was the amount of people with like legit talent who it seemed like were committed to being the most miserable, unsuccessful versions of themselves possible. You don't have to talk about me like that, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I that like I, I, you know, uh, maybe maybe I shouldn't name names, but like that was I was always like very frustrated uh, about that with like Josh. Like I would watch Josh do stand up, Josh Johnson. 
Oh, Josh Sheen. Yes. And, and to see him do stand-up, be like, oh, this guy's like really fucking good at this. Yeah. I remember but, the first time I saw him, it was like some random Fort Worth bar, and I was like, damn, funny as hell. Like, but, then, <laughs> but then to have an actual conversation with him and see what his like social media presence is like and his overall attitude, I like, I was always just so, fr- I'm like, you are holding yourself back. Like, you seem like you're comfortable in your own misery was always I was, I was and, like, you know i didn't i never had like much interaction with him but every time i talked to him it was always like a good conversation and he was always just like really smart but i was never i don't think i was ever really around him in the downtime so i was never yeah i would just people have, don't feel comfortable with people don't feel comfortable show always showing that side of themselves to me because yeah. i typically don't entertain people bullshit so i would have conversations with him where i just was like it just bothered me. I was like, this is a really negative person mm-hmm. who doesn't really have a reason to be like at any moment. It's like, yeah, the success is yours. If you want it. Like, I know they like freaked him out that there was like some weird doppelganger. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Johnson, who was still doing comedy things. Who, 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 who I've met and had conversations with. Who's like a, a pretty nice guy. <laughs> like, like the, he's not like a weirdo at all. And he's not, I don't think he's like, has this like scheme that he's like stealing material from a guy uh, across the country? It's just, it's just yeah, a weird. I don't think that I didn't. I never thought that was what happened. It just seemed very coincidental. Yeah, I, and yeah, so like, but th- there was a, there was a ton of people like that in, in that area. Like I, you know, everybody like I think a lot of people like really respected Dave Little. But I always saw I always saw Dave Little as like a cautionary tale. I'm like, this is like one of the most miserable fucking people I've ever talked to. Like, as as funny and as I, he, and I know that is the opinion that people held about. Again, I never really engaged any most people deep enough to really go there there with them because I already have like this filter up. Like, there's always this thing like an electric fence around me. Like, eh, <laughs> you can't go no further right. than here with the bullshit. Well, I, yeah, I guess it's like, and I I I dealt with it myself. Where it's like at one moment in time, I was seen as probably a promising young uh joke slinger, and unfortunately, <laughs> told a young new bio comedian. Yeah, unfortunately, just got hit with like some some serious shit that put me in that mindset for a while, like a mindset where I was like, actually, like I should just like actually just die for a while. <laughs> uh, but I'm out of well, that. You know, now. I think in, in comedy, I never really, uh, I never really projected any potential on anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like I never really looked at anybody like, oh, that dude's gonna make it. I never had that. Yeah, I never you, held that opinion I, of anybody. I think, I, I think like what's enlightening and frustrating is you can look at everyone and see like what what's holding them back or helping them based on just like their attitude and their like habits and, and behavior like you know uh, the the big dog of Dallas Paul Varghese it was like it, absolutely you would look at him and go yeah you're just you're drinking too much like you you are being held back by your own like addictions and vices and, and like no, you know the 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 industry at large, like whatever that may be, is not doesn't want to fuck with you. But doesn't the industry at large kind of feed that demon in everybody? It'll enable that in you, especially somebody like say Paul Varghese, for example, who's really funny and really good on stage, and people tend to gravitate towards him and his talent 
Yeah, but, but like I mean, said, if, it's like there's the repulsion of if your, if you have a like, reputation for getting way too fucking wasted and blowing the light and and like rubbing people the wrong way and you're like drunken moments like that, it's like yeah, I mean, people aren't gonna want to, you know, they're not gonna want to work with you, and it's like in like to see what like actual success looks, and not to say that Paul's not successful, but like he he hit the, he hit his ceiling it seems like, and then like to meet people who are like really fucking successful it's almost like they they have like this this equal measure of like like innate comedy ability like talent and then also that like weird like gary v thing like where they're also very fucking business minded and driven persistent ambitious and like avoid the trappings that are going to hold them back which is a good thing but we often hate them for it yeah <laughs> oh yeah like i i remember like briefly like having a a really like brief conversation with tim dylan and just be being like this is uh, like obviously one of the most successful comics on the planet right now i am not enjoying this conversation at all this is this hurts <laughs> and, and it's and they're very boring and banal and uh self-centered and it it can be but then at the same time, I met a lot of people who do comedy who are a lot of fun. They seem like real cool people, but there has to be, for successful comedians, there seems to be a certain disconnect with, like, that. I mean, you know who's, like, kind of, kind of actually maybe the real deal? Who, who knows what will happen as he continues to uh, skyrocket? But, like, the the few, like, interactions I had and, like, conversations I had with Shane Gillis he almost seemed like even as he's becoming majorly successful he almost seemed like still embarrassed to be doing comedy like he had well shane gillis all i know about that person is the bullshit that happened with him being on snl and not being on snl oh he's like one of the most beloved comedians on the planet now right and i've and i see his name now i'm like oh i guess nobody give a fuck about that but for this to say that it kept him off of snl and now it's like nobody give a fuck it's that's the shit that I feel like doesn't really coincide with stand-up comedy and this public opinion being able to destroy opportunities for you. It doesn't end your career necessarily, but it could keep opportunities away from you. Yeah, he lost. Well, it's it's interesting because like it that happened at the like kind of the moment when. Pub, like public perception and like the culture wars were, were like starting to I guess maybe wind down almost like all that canceling shit was I think like people were starting to get sick of it and but he was caught in it and got hired and fired but there were so many people who were on his side who thought that that was bullshit and he yeah, almost and I, and I heard a lot of comedians like speak up from like I remember at the time a lot of comedians were like I mean, I guess maybe out of context, this sounds terrible, but he really is not that bad of a dude. No, yeah, he's he's a really nice guy, like very community minded. Like he helps out like everybody that he he's like friends with. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think like the SNL thing was just like this weird. Uh, I don't even know if it's unfortunate because like when it happened, he almost got martyred. Like it, it, it turned him into this like transcendent figure where. Well, because uh, you become temporarily radioactive. Like, ah, nobody wants to touch you. Like, nobody who has a lot to lose wants to really vouch for you. 
You know what yeah. I'm saying? Nobody that has a lot at stake will put their neck on the line for you, even like approach it in any kind of way. It's very like yeah. a radioactive situation. But then like two or three days ago, he posted a picture. Of, it's like him, Joe Rogan, and The Rock like hanging out together <laughs> so, so he, like how much did it really like deter no, it, did, like, it didn't hurt you know it, it only helped i think it like overall helped him and like he could have you know kudos to him because he could have easily fallen into the trap of like you know I'm, i've been canceled now it's time to no he could have gave up he could have been like no not even given up like he could have pivoted to like Almost like Who a Nick, like Nick DePaulo type of guy, or you know, like rallying against cancel culture and shit like that. But I, he had his wits about him enough to just know to like kind of keep his nose clean and be quiet about it and not play into the uh, politics of it all. And... I mean, yeah, I guess that's the kind of what you have to do. You can't, you can't really acknowledge it. It's like they say with like voodoo: if you don't believe in it, it can't hurt you. You know, yeah. like if you can't, mm-hmm. if you don't believe in that shit, like you're really. But can't he's, fuck with it. but he's somebody who like you know is is arguably probably like the if not now the next like really really big figure in comedy and the few conversations i had with him like the interactions i've had with him he he still has this very like all shucks humble thing about where he almost see it almost seems like he's kind of embarrassed by it like i don't know he just he he seems like the real deal if you self-aware any amount of celebrities will make you feel weird if he's the least bit self way any amount of celebrity or fame is gonna make you be like, oh, this is weird and gross. Yeah, yeah for sure. He's still a person. I guess he he recognizes his personhood and his humanity enough to be like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, because like, like I've I've talked about like I've talked about this before, but like on the other end of that, like I I've watched like some of the stuff from uh, Tom Segura recently and been like, this guy, this is Patrick Bateman. This is fucking. This guy is an absolute sociopath. Uh, who got like really, really famous and has completely lost touch with the like I think humanity almost. Well, but that's the thing. You don't have to be a good person to be famous. In fact, it probably it works in your favor to not be a good person if you are in the pursuit probably. of fame with celebrity. I mean, shit, it even... works way more in your favor to be a terrible piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, like, Chappelle tries to position himself as, like, a man of the people, but, like, I watch him and I'm like, this this guy is so fucking out of touch at this point. But uh, fame will get you there. A certain level of celebrity will get you out of touch. It's hard to keep your feet on the ground and really grasp reality when people are aligning you as this, like, figure that's above everybody else. When people start calling you fucking the GOAT, yeah. it, it's gonna fuck with Jay. Which is why I appreciate Eddie Murphy for going away for a very long time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I get it. Especially with that stuff about him, you know, and, and that trans girl back in the day. Like, it's just, <laughs> like, at a certain point, you have to decide whether or not you want that type of focus on you for real. And people who do want that type of focus on them usually are fucked up people. Yeah. Did you did you watch that... Um... I, I I think it was like a that GQ uh, profile that they did with uh, Andre three thousand this week. Of course that is. How else are we going to get married if I don't watch everything? <laughs> Where, he, but he he was like, he's very like anti fame. Like he was saying like, yeah, being you know being famous is just unhuman. Like it sucks. But that's why I like that nigga because he keep it real. Like he just because it's true. If you really respect your own humanity, you go say to yourself, this fame shit is weird, dog. It's not right. It's not cool. Yeah. 
Because who wants that? Like, and I understand because he spoke a long time ago about his anxiety kept him from making another album because of the the expectation people had on him. Like, they all hear the love below, and now y'all like clamoring for the next thing. What you doing next? What you doing next? It's always what you doing next instead of just respecting. I'm a human being. I'm not like just a a fucking music factory. Like I just don't crank shit out. Like I don't take a shit, and it's like, oh shit, a number one fucking album. Yeah. But we look at it like that. We we look at somebody like Dave Chappelle, who has been so successful so long, and who was so funny for so long, and say this man can do no wrong. He's perfect. Like he's the perfect comedian. He's never not funny. But then he let that shit go to his head. Yeah. Yeah, he's and now like, he thinks he can now he believes that he can do no wrong. Now he thinks he can say whatever the fuck he wants and everybody's gonna be just like right behind him. Yeah, there's your belt. No. Yeah. He, he I mean he's like seems like he's trying to be like a civil rights leader now. Like you watch him do stand up and it's like I mean, are you doing stand up or are you doing like a fucking you know, like Dick um like Dick Gregory speech or something? Like it I don't know if it's even Dick Gregory. I think it's more like uh this is what I think. Yeah, bro- <laughs> brother Muzone. And nobody should be able to argue it. You can't you can't rebut it because even though I'm presenting it in a way that seems serious in this moment, it's still within the context of a comedy special. So you can't challenge me on yeah. it. I love that even in in his special, he's like, they trying to cancel me. It's like you oh, you mean like you got the, this in this special you got paid sixty million dollars to do? <laughs> They're coming for you. <laughs> They tried to cancel you. I guess we can all see how effective that was. Um, but these are also human beings. And and when we lose sight of that ourselves, that's when we fuck up. Because Dave Chappelle has to realize his own fa- fallibility. Nobody wants you to come up at the open mic and do two hours, dog. Like, I've been waiting to go up. <laughs> yeah, Dave, waiting Dave, to go up, bro. <laughs> he, he was doing that at the stand, at the county club in New York. He like I drop... got to the club at, at 6 p.m. to get 30th on this list. And then you just jump up in the middle and now the club closing. And I'm I just wasted my fucking time. Yeah, Chappelle, Chappelle would drop in and do these shows at the stand. They were like 200 bucks a ticket. And he would just do like pop-ups. So whoever was gonna be on that night, they're fucked. And they gotta go to like a the the, the other stage or maybe even outside to do what whatever show they were gonna do. And he's doing hours. And Dan, Dan Sawyer had this really funny joke about like, you know, it's cool to see Chappelle until it's like an hour and a half in, an hour and a half into him talking to a cigarette about like ice sports. Like, the thing about luge. <laughs> um, it's like Dave Chappelle. And that's the thing. We all appreciate you as a comedian, as a predecessor. Uh, you know, we all watched the Chappelle show. We all saw, you know, half baked and, you know, all this stuff that you did before and we respect that is great. But at the same time, you got to really recognize where you at. Because as a stand-up comedian, when you were coming up, would you have appreciated that? If every time you went to the club, to the open mic, you had to deal with Richard Pryor just jumping in and doing a no. two and a half hour I had, to de- I had to deal with it with Paul. Like, Paul would drop in at back door and it'd be like, all right, cool. He's drunk and he's gonna blow the light for like a half hour. <laughs> right, and you go, you go walk the crowd. If if the club is still even open, if I can still go up after you, everybody's wore out, they're exhausted. Yeah, why don't want listen to me? They just came up and listened to your ass you do thirty minutes in the middle of an open it's mic. Cr- it's crazy. Already ten comedians, and now here you go. Yeah, 
It's yeah, it's very narcissistic. Like it's such a lack of respect. You so far removed from what you eat, what it even took to get you here. You so far removed from the process in general that you can't even respect your fellow comedians. It's a lack of respect. Yeah, stand up only works like at most at like an hour twenty at the most. But, like, right, and after that, these people tired as fuck. The sweet at spot. The, the sweet spot is forty five minutes. Like that's. that's what I said. That's what I say. Yeah, for just one person to talk like extemporaneously like that as a performance, it's like an hour is fine. Forty five minutes is like the fucking you know, that's the sweet spot. Um, Which if, if you can get your shit ninety minutes or under, and that's with everybody on there, like you, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, and you know, it, it's one of those things where again we lose sight of our peers and our compatriots when we get up there and it's all about me now because I'm holding the mic. So I can hold the crowd hostage. I can hold the show hostage. Because mm-hmm. now my hand is on the mic and you can't tell me shit. Yeah. And eh, the selfishness of it. Uh, oh, gosh. But you have to be selfish to be a stand-up comedian. You do. You oh, man. It's a very foolish and selfish endeavor. And I've paid the price. We all do. We all do, man. I've paid a hefty price, but... That's why that's why I'm gonna get extremely wealthy doing podcasting. Well, and... Let me hold something. I just need five hundred dollars till the fifteenth. <laughs> I mean, it is like it is really weird. Like you you see these like different podcasts who have like these crazy like Cinderella stories, you know, mm-hmm. like you know, um like I remember watching Come Town happen and just like getting in on the ground floor of that and being like Come Town. Yeah, like at the time when that was starting, because I I think I started listening early, early on when they were just like broke and like sinister hoods. You know the uh, the chicks I have that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, Oh, are they doing well now? Yeah, sinister. I still listen to it sometimes. Um, it's really good, and they have like a following. It's like really a big deal, sinister. Yeah, that's that's sort of like the white women version of Black Republicans, like white women in the murder. Yeah, like that's that's the Hodge twin. That's the Hodge twins of white women. Is like I don't think so. I I find them to be very uh, plugged in. I love them. Uh, no, I just I just mean in terms of like printing money. People love that. Yeah, that's true. Actually, white women in true crime, baby, can't get enough of it. My God, if you could just loud. What's that? Spreaker or what? What's the what's the the loud something like? Just all the LP, not LPN, but just the the channels. They have so many white women with true crime podcasts oh, i hear man. that answer them all the time it's like are y'all ever gonna get tired of this like are y'all <laughs> yeah and it's like it's like, it's also like the people that complain the most about like feeling unsafe and how dangerous men are also are like a, the most obsessed with those kinds of guys well because we're trying to understand them so we can avoid them maybe what about the women that also, like but you know there's studies about this like the uh the fangirls like the jeffrey Dahmer fangirls the uh you know, the Night Stalker fan girls, it's about you feel safer if you are in uh cahoots with the devil. If you have if you have the loyalty <laughs> of the devil, you know what I'm saying? He won't hurt you. Just See, I, don't, I don't really like true crime. Like I was I was like trying to watch this John Wayne Gacy documentary a while back. And I just was like, I can't I cannot get through this. This is... And I watch a lot. Like I listen to a lot of it. Like I would listen to every podcast, the last podcast on the left, like every episode, and Sinisterhood, and 
just so many other things like the true crime uh, podcast. I watch every documentary, docuseries. I'm absolutely fascinated with that shit, but it's from a psychological standpoint, not that that's like I'm a Jeffrey Dahmer stan or my favorite kill, my favorite serial killer shit. Like I don't really get into that, but psychologically, yeah. it's quite interesting. Here's an idea for you, like you know, if we're if we're brainstorming, do you know, you could be like the um, how do you feel about conspiracies, conspiracy theories? I find them. I don't give them much credence, but some of them are fun. You think they're fun? Because I was thinking you could be like the female Dom Luker. <laughs> I find conspiracy theorists to be people who are searching for answers. And instead of looking at what's right in front of their face, they imagine that it has to be much more sinister and organized. than. That. Yeah, because it's, it's more horrifying to realize just how indifferent everything is and that it, there are no puppet masters so it's like if if there is like some well, sort of wait, you're just complacent we're all just complicit and complacent there's no yeah invisible hand we doing but, this stuff but do you, do you do you know about do you know about dom luker the breaker dom of, luker, no. the breaker of narratives you could you could absolutely be the the lady dom luker he's this uh the breaker of narratives yeah he's a, he's a big like twit like hotep on twitter and social media and his uh, his feed is just constant like conspiracy stuff. Like one of my favorite tweets of his was like, uh, "I know the truth about the pyramids, and I will reveal it soon." <laughs> <laughs> so he's like polite in them. I, first of all, I hate Hotep so very much. Um, because they just want to fuck. At the end of the day, they're just trying to get the pussy. And I yeah, get um, it's but fine. his his whole feed is like. Uh, look at look at the bulge in Michelle Obama's pants. Look at that. Is well, no, but, but but um, you know the the white the far left conspiracy theorists and hotels they they run parallel to each other in a lot of ways, and they always have. Um, but they just spin it in different ways. Like a far left conspiracy theorist is, or or rather not far left, but like a hotel is like, oh, they're trying to get rid of all the black people. Remember Tuskegee, remember Henrietta Lacks, remember all this, you know, all of these, uh, you know, uh, Iran-Contra, remember all this shit. And so everything is Iran-Contra to them. Everything is the Tuskegee experiment. And then you throw it to the to the far right side, oh, it's a white genocide. <laughs> it's the same, it's the same yeah. shit. Uh, the yeah. government, the, the leftists are trying to, the leftists are trying to kill all the whites that... To what end? They white. <laughs> Why would yeah. they? are white. <laughs> what? They want to kill the whites. They want this. They just love the immigrants. They're trying to make this an immigrant nation. The Jews. Like, oh, come on now. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know that that's that's one of the consequences of the internet. Oh, like, that's one thing that they have in common. See, that's where they come together. Like hotels and far right anti-Semitism. Right. <laughs> that, yeah that's for that's for sure right here although <laughs> looking at looking at what the fucking israel and the idf have been up to lately it's like well they, they might have been right about some of that stuff but it's not all the jews it's just israel it's just israel. yeah it's just israel but like israel has run such a like successful propaganda campaign and like indoctrination that it's like there's people like that like there there are people who have like such strong ties to israel and like truly believe that they are of that region and it's like you are like the pastiest you can't even be in the sun and, and you, like 
like the other day, my and Bialik Blossom uh, posted something about like, you know, I found a great <laughs> Israeli restaurant. It feels good to support my people and, and get a taste of home, like something like that. And, and somebody, somebody like immediately was like, bitch, your family's from Poland. Your food is borscht. Like, what are you talking about? And, you know, and this goes back again to my disdain for biblical literalism or any type of like religious zealotry. It's like, guys, there's no such thing as a holy land. Calm down. <laughs> I yeah. just Israel just doesn't even make sense from the perspective of like knowing what Jews are and how they behave. It's, it's they complain about everything already, and it's like, why did you choose the most desolate fucking place? Like you don't even like like the tropics, let well, alone you know, that, that region. I understand the region, and it's just like I, I wish people. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, fuck. following World War Two, it was like they had the sympathy of the entire world, and it was like, have, I mean, pick a place like wherever you want to go to establish like your your colony. And it could have they could have just been like, yeah, Boca or something. Right, they, you know, hey, let's let's go to High Alaya. Yeah, let's go to like Key West or the Hamptons or like something. And they were like, What about Brooklyn? They're like yeah. best style. How about what? Africa? And they're like, all right, well, I mean, you know, sure. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. But but you know, it, it's because of people. it's because, you know, it's the uh the birthplace of the Hebrews. And and I get it. I, I get all of this wanting to feel connected to something and, and a higher power, but I just wish people felt more connected to their humanity than they did to this oh, invisible. Have you have you ever met have you ever met like hung out with anyone that's like been on birthright and is like really has like real ties to Israel in that way? Have I? Because I I I I knew a lot of people like that. I don't think and I have. Not that I can recall. I, there, if I did, I wasn't sober enough to give. There's a, a, a lot of them in New York, and they are like bride or die. Right, I'm in it. South. Like, I'm in they, the South. I've been living in the South all my life. So yeah, they they don't even like realize like how much they've been propagandized and indoctrinated because they got they got brought in on that birthright shit real early. And but there's any supremacist of any nature, no matter what it is, they don't understand how wrong they are. They right. Yeah, I mean yeah. and I'm I'm not like knowledgeable enough. Like I just I just know that like I think I think somebody like Rappaport is wrong probably uh with his pretty extreme views but it's all it's all I, I assume that michael Rappaport is wrong no matter what he say i don't i don't give a fuck what it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i'm but it, it's it's like looking at what's going on over there and like what has been going on for the last few decades it it is like i don't you know i don't know what palestine or hamas have been up to i know that hamas is a terrorist organization but i can only i can only imagine that what the Israel and the IDF have done to those people has not helped. No, uh, it hasn't. <laughs> and this is not helping. What's going on right now? You are not helping. So, yeah. like, this shit is not going to do... <laughs> it's very frustrating to live on this planet because we we have conflict, and instead of actually engaging in, like, a very uh, good-faith, sober-minded, resolution we would rather just say i'm gonna kill what i don't like 
Yeah. I'm going to eradicate. It's also it's frustrating as an American to live in this country and like like have to struggle the way we do. Like now, like everybody's like, so many people are losing their jobs. Price everything's going up. And they're one of the wealthiest nations on the planet. Yeah, and they and like what they tell us is like actually the economy's doing good. Also, we're sending a hundred billion dollars to Israel, and it's like motherfucker, what? And then you send how much to Ukraine, bitch? What? And they tell us, but like, sorry, we can't forgive your student loan. We can't give you health care. We can't fix that. Yeah, we're raising the interest rates. Like, we can't afford to like really give y'all universal health care. We can't afford to do shit like that. But you got money for this shit. Yeah, we're gonna send a hundred billion dollars to Israel, and we're gonna build more saw traps for the southern border. And, and like send most of our national guard to the- <laughs> and that's the thing the disconnect with america which is unfortunate uh you know we go ban more books because that's helping us that's helping our children to yeah. ban more books and our problem is the gays and the trans people and that's our problem y'all abortion is our problem really <laughs> Yeah, the, the poor and, and the gays and like i wonder what and I, I wonder like where people's heads are at when they the 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 like right wing or more conservative people like hyper capitalists yeah. who like adhere to this like idea like no handouts life is pain and suffering and you gotta fucking you know buckle up buttercup and all that but like we're seeing what's happening like as technology develops and renders like so much of like working life, like jobs and shit that people do, like obsolete. And but the price of everything is still going up, and people are like struggling more and more. I, like, how do people not see that that like the imbalance there? Where it's like, well, if like, shouldn't the goal of advancing technology and, and this thing that's like presumably ostensibly supposed to make life better and easier for all of us, shouldn't it be? that it does and and like and then we all get to like enjoy the fruits of that rather than no it's gonna actually it's gonna put the mcdonald's worker out of work and the price of the big mac is also still gonna go up so now now the person that was flipping the burgers can't afford to feed their kids and the person buying the burgers also now can't afford them either but it's like you know like, like there's no meeting in the middle. Like everything's going this way. Like everything. Yeah. Is, it's like we pass each other the night. It just goes. Yeah, because the, these, the, these like cat, these like hyper capitalist ideals yeah. don't run uh, parallel with like the advancement of technology. It is like perpendicular, where it's like, you know, in a world where everybody does ha- had to like scrape and struggle to survive and work hard. When that when that comes up against this like new thing that's happening where it's like everything's like being automated and making life you know these these like new technologies are happening it like it's sending people into fucking like this frenzy of of like chaos and suffering because now we're 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 butting heads with i guess like star trek (laughs) you know what i mean like i never forget one night in fort worth like the first when i first moved to dallas it was like in the first couple months me and a dude I went to college with who's from Fort Worth and his homeboy from like a kid, we was all in the car getting high, like getting fucked up. And dude, we just all got quiet. He said, nigga, we never going to be Star Trek. You know that, right? We never go get <laughs> And we was just sitting there like, God damn. 
Yeah. <laughs> You're right. We never go get that. Well, I've said this. The only thing stopping us from doing Star Trek is capitalism. And, and well, no, like... this is the thing. You know what capitalism, I, what I love about capitalism, it has like these little trap doors that I love so much that are so very interesting. Not to break the fourth wall or anything, but substances, substance <laughs> abuse <laughs> is like one of the greatest. Like it just greases all the rails for capitalism. Yeah. If when in doubt, substances. When the pandemic hit, what got worse? The fucking <laughs> everybody on Oxy, everybody on heroin. The goddamn. We all of a sudden now we have a drug pandemic too, right? Now now that's gotten out of control. When you think of like music, it's all about substances. It's all about vices and just losing yourself and just just excess and sex and and numbing yourself with with drugs and alcohol and shit like that and this is what we do to get by not a single liquor store closed during the pandemic i don't know if you know <laughs> no, in new york it was like nothing the liquor stores didn't close and then they also for a little while just disbanded the open container laws so it was like mardi gras for like an entire summer in new york <laughs> Like a, not a single liquor store closed. The opioid ec- epidemic got way out of hand. Like it's just all these. It, it's like it's just make sure that we're still locked in, and we and it's it's like the the snake eating his tail with with just drugs and alcohol, and in America because at, on one side we condemn it, right? It's a terrible thing. Uh, there are so many laws against it, but yeah it still keeps us complacent and complicit enough to where we can just go through it every day sure um, i don't do nothing no more and you shouldn't don't be like me don't be up in your no, house i'm trying to i'm a, I'm trying to become a podcasting magnate i gotta i gotta repay not just uh, collections agencies and organizations and stuff i gotta repay the people that have helped me stay alive and all that I, I but gotta, this the- but this is like the first bottle of liquor that I bought in at least a year. Like I just I don't bring liquor in my house no more. Um, no, you know what I'm into now is Pepsi. Bring <laughs> on the Dr Pepper. Baby. There, the the new I, I, I this is where I'm a sucker for good uh, marketing and advertising. The new Pepsi logo, it grabbed me. I said, you guys, you guys nailed it. I haven't it. looked at a Pepsi since the 1990s. They just, they they redid their logo and it's like it's this big bold classic style Pepsi logo. It's very sexual. Oh, it just it just got me. I was like that that is a beautiful logo, and so I I'm I'm on Pepsi now. <laughs> Wild yeah, cherry. I don't even know what I'm on now. I'm completely checked out. I'm I'm one of those people who is I've just gotten so beaten down and worn down by, you know. The, the the capitalist power structure that I just like, eh, whatever, dog. Just just steamroll me. Get, <laughs> get me out the way, dog. It's fr- it's frustrating. You, the frustrating thing about it is like you know when you when you talk about like when you make any sort of like when you try to advocate for anything socialist, uh, you get hit with like just all kinds of people telling you like, oh, you just don't want to work. You want to hand out. You want to be Venezuela. And it's like, no, the frustrating thing is like, I actually am willing to work. Like I do want to work and make money and make something of myself. Uh, It would also be nice if 
my own government that's supposed to represent me would help at fucking all, it, like to some degree. And you know what? I don't know if it's a nature and nurture thing, but I just feel like people are industrious. I don't know if we've been taught that or if it's just part of who we are. I think it's part of who we are because it's survival. Being industrious is part of survival. Like even no matter what part of, you know, the animal kingdom or whatever we are in, everybody has a job, even animals. Everybody has a role to play. Yeah. Up until this point, like like when you, when you live in a world now where back in the day, you know, the default job for somebody who's not somebody who's like kind of educated and can get like a job job and not just like bagging groceries or doing like really hard labor um they they would still it was it was still like a lot of work like whatever an office job might be because like the technology just wasn't there yet you know and, and that was that was sort of like the goal for a lot of people will wanting to get into like the middle class was get a job at like an office or something mm-hmm. like either doing, yeah, yeah either doing sales or coding or whatever it is and now the default setting for a lot of people outside of like construction or the service industry, like if you're just trying to get a job in an office, the job isn't real. You're not doing anything. So it's like the, these laptop jobs that people have, they they go, to, yeah, you either work from home or you commute to an office for no reason to open a laptop and answer three emails. If that, <laughs> you know, and, and so that's not even being industrious or necessarily coming from a place of like primal survival instinct that's literally just like i need money and somebody's willing to pay me to kind of do nothing survival instinct because the what has been inlaid in us as as human beings you have to work to make money it's like well look i guess i gotta work so let me find something i have to make money because i have to survive like if i don't work i don't eat i don't have a place to live like i don't have and then there's the and i feel like that's the nature side but the nurture side is capitalism. Like the, it's the, the capitalist consumerist drive to have things. Yeah. Well, I, you know, on the flip side of that, like we do exist in a world now where like you could get a job that's made up and bullshit where you just click clack at a laptop and watch YouTube videos all day, but that you could also stand to make a pretty substantial amount of money doing even more worthless bullshit on the internet like podcasting i show you booty hole or show you booty hole or like i mean look at like kai sanat like i'm fascinated by kai sanat because i'm like man he's, he's really, i don't know what he does i have no idea what this person does i don't know what any of them do i've watched I no i've watched kai sanat stuff i've watched xqc phantom uh pokimane all of them and uh destiny markiplier and i'm like they, they, these people are making millions and millions of dollars. Presu- like, look, it looks like they do nothing. Because I was like, why is he at his house with, with offsetting them? Like, like what's going on? <laughs> yeah, they make more. They make more money playing a video game than anyone makes the developed it. And you know that. And what's funny about that, and what I both, I think, what I love the most about that type of wealth is that I have never engaged this person content a single time in my life. I have never clicked on anything he's done. I've never, you know, I've never given him a stream, nothing. But this is a person that somehow has invaded my line of sight. Yeah. 
yeah, you can't escape Kai Sinat now. And I'm like, this is one of the most like obnoxious people I've ever seen. Never and... clicked on a motherfucking thing he's ever done. <laughs> yeah. Not a single doing... time in my Here... life. I I'm studying all that now because I'm like, ha, ha, like, what, how's this work? Like, what is this? Because like, even like with comedians, like the world we're familiar with, there's not a single comedian who on YouTube or otherwise is pulling numbers like these people. When you look at somebody like Matt Rice, yeah, like Matt. I mean, Matt Rice maybe is is like doing well, but I mean, in terms of like, if you look at the YouTube channel for like what you might think is as uh, of as a successful comedian versus like a, a Twitch streamer, a game streamer, the the, the comedian's not even cracking a million, and the video game guy has like oh, at yeah. least four or five million subscribers. Uh, well, you have to go where the people are. Because I may not have watched anything from Kaisenet, right? But I have watched just random YouTubers' gameplay videos. I have. And it'll be like 14 hours. Yeah. And I have, you know, saved my space and gone back and finished it. And it's a game I ain't even played yet. I may not even play it. I just want to watch it. It's almost <laughs> I get like that. a tell- it's almost like a television series, like this one game, Control. I watched the entire Yo, game. Oh, I played that. That's worth, you know. I started playing it, right? I started playing it, and I said, wait, let me, let me see where this is going. Let me get my bearings. Next thing I know, as, as, an, as an autistic incel who has spent a lot of time on uh, various, like, augmented reality w- Wikipedias, Control really scratched that itch for me because, um, it was a. Do you do you know what SCP is? No, what's that? Yo, <laughs> what's if, you, if you con- control, definitely uh, it draws a lot from SCP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you like that Lovecraftian type shit, you, get ready, get ready for possibly <laughs> the biggest iceberg you've ever experienced in, in terms of depth and what this right. is. Uh, SCP is I, like I think it's considered like augmented reality, and it's it's a wiki page that's been around for years. Like Sierra Charlie Papa is this? Yeah, secure. It stands for secure, contain, protect. And, and so, like you know how in, in control, there's all these like the the like anomalies in reality that she has to yeah. find. It, it's, okay, yeah. so it, it, like in those files she reads. So like it, that's like kind of ripping off SCP, but SCP is completely open source and like to the public. So it's like she's not ripping off like any real intellectual property necessarily. That game, but it, it's it's a wiki that's been around for years and it's it's completely like publicly uh, curated. So like just people create the things that are on there, and okay. it's presented as this like augmented reality thing. So. The whole website is presented as these like case files from this uh, organization called the Foundation that like secure contains and protects like anomalies in reality. So anything from like anything from like cryptids and monsters to interdimensional shit, like whatever they have, they have a file for everything. And I think at this point there's like. 7,000 of them like <laughs> there's so many and some of them some of them are goofy and, and but some of them are like really fucking well done like truly like literature where I'm reading them and I'm like 
somebody just anonymously did this just in their free time oh, it's just like it's literally like uh it's it's fanfic but on a different level like it's yeah it goes so far beyond fan fiction it's its own it's its own universe it's like right the community is ve- like very invested and active in it and, <laughs> and there's some like really creative stuff on there like one of the ones that like went viral a few years ago uh because it was the pi- the picture from it went viral where it was like this like fucked up like dog skull with like like wispy hair and it was like this like scary looking figure peering through like the, a window and a uh, like a door window like a school mm-hmm. and, and it was this picture that was just going around the internet for a while that nobody knew like what the fuck is this and come so to find like uh, like slenderman so is, is it like the like just a deeper version of like the subreddits and the like creepypastas like like it's, creepypasta is that kind of like that it's like the sort of like it's so much more than that it's but like, right, but more in depth, like way more layered, like really getting granular. Yeah, with the yeah, and it's and it's all like presented that. as very official. There's no right, the, like it's real. It's like yeah, LARPing like, on the internet. Yeah, like and LARPing. It, yeah, and, and so like this one, like the fucked up dog skull thing, like the actual SCP that it is. Like if you read the file, uh, and it's like this very like bureaucratic way that they write it, so it tells you like classification, this blah blah blah, and then like containment procedure. <laughs> And like what the what it was is like the SCP itself is like an app that would like be downloaded on someone's phone, and as like they have the app now, and it like it'll send them notifications showing them this like fucked up dog thing that's just like around like pictures of it, and as time goes on and it keep they, you keep getting notifications of this, the fucked up dog thing will be like closer and closer to you or somewhere in your vicinity in the picture. And, and yeah and so they had and so it lists like what it is and like what's the containment procedure for like get, making sure people don't like have access to this app it's like very detailed like what the, very creative um and there's like thousands of these that, you know there's one but, but that has to like fuck up people's like sense of reality right like that has to well no everybody knows it's like fiction we, but well yeah i know but i'm saying like somebody who maybe has like uh like a predisposition to a lack of you know connection with reality maybe i mean i feel i feel like if you're if you're on that website like it's your shit like you either you either knew about it or somebody told you about it and you decided to go check it out i don't think there's like anybody stumbling upon it yeah Uh, i definitely have not not in my travels i i I remember I, i just remember playing control for the first time and as i'm playing it i'm like Motherfucker, somebody actually made an SCP video game. And yeah. I played control. I watched the entire play- gameplay. I didn't get very far into playing it because as much as I love getting video games, I'm not good at like RPGs and shit like that. I'm not, I'm just not good at it. So, or I don't have the attention span to give a fuck. I would rather watch somebody else do it. Now, and it is very in depth. Like by the end of it, I'm like, what the fuck did I, what was this game about? Like, <laughs> I'm just, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Control was one where I was like front to back, like, this is awesome. I have no complaints. No, but I loved it. I watched it from beginning to end, but even at the end, I'm like, what the what the fuck was it? Like, what did we just do? And there's supposed to be a control two coming out, and I can't wait just to watch somebody play yeah. it. Cause I'm not doing it. I don't the, have... cool, the cool thing, and the cool thing about control is it, it also is like tied into that Alan Wake series. 
because like one of the dlcs for control is like takes place like it it crosses paths with alan wake okay and so alan wake 2 just came out and uh it look i haven't played it but it looks like the janitor from control is also in this in the That's alan wake. And if there's the janitor the whole time i'm dealing with the janitor like what the fuck is dude doing yeah How are you here? like what type of like supernatural creature are you sir yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, it's it's like, yeah, you, you you know, it's cool to see like the the like the magical Negro version of like a Baltic, right? Like, what, like what, whatever he is, <laughs> like Eastern, <laughs> like the Eastern European, like Latvian, I don't know, I don't know what the fuck he is, but he's there, just the janitor saying weird shit all the time, and he yeah. apparently anchors people to reality somehow, but he's a gateway to other dimensions. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what he does. I yeah. don't know what this is about. But I'm sitting here this entire 14 hours and I'm watching this shit. Yeah, it was cool. It was a cool game. It really is. I'll never play it all the way through. <laughs> like, I, was, I, I was obsessed with it. When as, I, I literally got as far as like playing it myself to where she first goes into the dead director's office and finds out that he's dead. And she first enters that like other dimension where she's like picking up skills and shit. Like that's as far as I got the first time she did. I was like, wait, <laughs> yeah. I gotta watch some gameplay and figure out what the fuck I'm doing because I have no idea what the fuck this is right you, now. I don't know. You what were pro- you were probably this, the last I've talked about. People know my affinity for this one, and I've talked about this at length because it like fucked with my head. But if you, if you like anime, uh, there's a game. There's a game called Near Automata. There's like kind of like anime style in the way it looks and everything and is presented, but it's a full so it's on like Final Fantasy looking. Like, what do you mean anime? Sword, yeah, it's it's like sexy androids, you know, mm-hmm. and, and swords and magic yeah. and kind of, but it it like it starts out like very anime, like mechs and flying shit and swords and guns and whatever and then as the game progresses it turns into like a full-on existential crisis that like i was playing i was i was playing it and having like legit like like philosophical like thoughts where i'm like man this is really like fucking with me what this game is doing to me well see i have i have problems with it like i watched this season the last season of loki and i had that problem like i had a full-on existential crisis so i get it yeah (laughs) well this 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 game starts out as like robot like androids and robots and mech suits and swords and guns and then and then like as it progresses it turns into so what is consciousness (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like old school as fuck like i come from the days of like assassin's creed and god of war and devil may cry and shit like that's my wheelhouse you know like yeah no, like yeah. all, like control through me because this is I just started uh playing video games. I said, well, let me get back in the gaming again since I'm trying to figure out what makes me happy because I don't know anymore. And I said, I remember I used to like video games, and so I'm getting back into this shit. And I say, oh, control, that looks fun. And I'm like, wait, hold up. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. You I, can, I you can it. watch it. You can watch a stream of this game. It's worth it just like for the story and the characters and the sa- the soundtrack is like one of the coolest I've ever heard. But Which was, I used to do that a lot, like when my friends would play like Final Fantasy and shit. I would just watch them play. I never played Final Fantasy myself. Like I never actually picked up the sticks to play Final Fantasy. Yeah. But I would watch my friends play it. 
Final Fantasy was a grind back in the day. They've like they've revamped it now to kind of appeal to modern gamers who want yeah. like sort like just fast paced swords and action and shit. But like I when I was a kid playing that, it was it was like truly like you were putting in work to play. It was Final a bit F- like the gameplay was was it at one point was it Final Fantasy? They had like the longest gameplay ever. Like one Final Fantasy was like Final Fantasy. Like seven or some it, shit that came it out. Depend, it depends for like on the it depends on who's playing it because there's like there's so much you can do and like if you right, want there's put, so many different stories and stuff. If you want to put in like, the like if you want to put in the hours like I remember when I was a kid playing Final Fantasy seven, it was just like hundreds of hours of me doing like tedious like really tedious shit. That's bullshit. Yeah. It's, yeah, and I never really could play it. Like, I'm not gonna play it, but I will sit here and watch you motherfuckers play. Like, I, I will sit not, and watch somebody I, play Red Dead Redemption forever. I absolutely like, I was, like nowadays. I could not play Final Fantasy the way I use. Like, if if I was to try and do that now, like they they remade Part Seven, which is sort of like the high watermark of the franchise. Right. They did a remake of it a few years ago for the PlayStation Four, where they like totally. It's like a whole new game, and that one was like more focused on like actually progressing the story and like very fast paced and action oriented. And that like there were people who had like complaints about it who were like diehard for the original, but I was I remember playing it and being like I like I, I couldn't imagine playing the way these games used to be at this point because they they were so slow and just yeah, tedious. About, like, Resident Evil, like Resident Evil 2 or some shit, or like the old Grand Theft Auto and you just, it's like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. I was just arguing, I just was arguing with Sal earlier for you hopped in that like uh, like Pokemon <laughs> is bullshit. I was like, this is like, this is, there's so much tedium required in that game, like the amount of just like walking around and wild random encounters you have to go through in order to like <laughs> grind and level up and evolve but you're talking about like game boy color pokemon like pokemon silver and shade and i think all of it like i i've I've seen people like our age around our age and maybe like younger complain about the current games and i'm like i don't know if they were ever good i think like when you're a kid and you have zero it's all fun you ain't got when you're when you're a kid and you have zero responsibilities and you don't even know where you gonna go what you gonna do you you don't know what good good means a game like Pokemon is is like fun for a kid, and then as you get like I think like being an adult and playing that now, it is like oh this is like so fucking monotonous and just tedious. I mean, I guess it can be. I still like I could pick up like Super Mario World right now and play it and be invested. And maybe it's a nostalgia thing. I don't no, know. No, those hold up. Like that all holds up because those were designed to be fun. Right, like it, but the but Resident Evil Two, but I, I think Poke, I think Pokemon to... was designed to be addicting. It was, but it's like you're trying to transfer like the cartoon, the cards into a video game, so it was always going to be this very video game came first, different. right? And it's going to be this different landscape because you're transferring, but the cards came first. Like if you think like back in the day, like trading cards and stuff like that, and just making it into a game is it, it so was kind of worlds collided detective pikachu was a fun movie i I watched it um you know i didn't really get the full uh hot ryan reynolds effect but i enjoyed it (laughs) yeah i mean his voice is not that sexy 
but no, he's obnoxious. I don't think he's his shtick does not work on me. I like so free I'm guy, hot, but I'm also dry and sarcastic. Look at me. Yeah, I like free guy. That was fun. But but yeah, like when you think about stuff like that, I can still play Sonic too. Like I just got so. <laughs> me and Thomas Nichols one random night. Me and Thomas Nichols stayed up like ten hours and played Crash Bandicoot with no saves until we. <laughs> I speaking, of, I tried to play in the fourth one when it came out. They they like finally released like a true sequel to Part Three. Okay, it was weirdly difficult. But Crash Bandicoot is kind of hard. Like the first, the very first one's kind of div- kind of tough, and then they ease up for two and three, and then after, like after that, they all were kind of a joke. And then this one was like pretty unforgiving. I was like, this is a tough game. Well, I thought Crash, the first Crash Bandicoot, like it, I think that was the one we played with no saves. It was Crash Bandicoot one, and we went through that whole thing, and it was a uh, ruling. It was yeah. Crash and, and Thomas is a gamer. I'm not even a gamer like he is. And we was up all night doing that shit. Like this was yeah a concerted effort. And they made two. they made Tana woke in this one. They gave her the fucking the side like shaved side of the head, and she well, doesn't you know, have big tits no more. Well, like, you know, because because it's uh it's uh 2023, and we realize kind of a, everything doesn't have to have big tits. To she's be a girl. Life. She's a girl boss. She's tough. Right. She's, she doesn't have to have big tits and a, a huge, uh, you know, vagina like Chun Li to be engaging, <laughs> you know. Uh, Tekken, but Tekken still holds true to the uh, the old ways. They still do big tit, tits and big mm-hmm. uh, big camel toe. Yeah, so Tekken, Tekken's cool. Street Fighter still has, you know, they uh, still do camel toes and big tits. Mm-hmm. And, Never any really good bulge though, which I find interesting. Never, never any good dig bulge in a Street Fighter, but there's no. always pits in 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 Moose Knuckle. <laughs> Just yeah, there hasn't there hasn't eyes. been there hasn't been like a lot of emphasis put on like sexy men in video games. Well, they're all very square and boxy, and you know I wouldn't fuck Ren. All right, all right, you and Ken. I right, wouldn't fuck Kyle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like Spagat isn't sexy. I don't. I don't. That doesn't appeal to me. There's but a, Chun, yeah. Chun Li has huge tits that never stop moving. Like they just wow, wow. Yeah. How do you fight with titties that just jiggle? You kick it. <laughs> and titties, wow, 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 wow. Like yeah. how do you? You can't get these women a sports bra. You can't. I'd be taping down my shit if I had to kick no. ass like that every day. I'd have a, a binder. They have to invent new like coding and in like software to to really figure out the titty physics in those games they gotta like make they new gotta technology to... <laughs> i think they really need to observe titties in the wild like really just get a good understanding of how tits function because they don't do that like titties if a woman who has to do hard things a titty's not gonna be flopping around we don't have time for that i don't have yeah. time for my for my unwieldy boobs while i'm trying to kick somebody ass like these things gotta be you know harnessed in a yeah. certain way, I know. I know. All, doing the work I've been doing lately, with like looking at titties professionally, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm becoming more learned in, in like titty physics and, and the way titties work. And you and I must say, you have found like a nice crop of tits, man. You have found like the the best you know, of the best. TikTok is crazy with that, and it's fun. You know, the funny thing is like 
I'll do those videos, and more often than not, the, the, they'll get hit with some sort of like community guideline violation. Well, of course. That, that I have to appeal. But I'm like, how is the original video not getting flagged? Like, this is. You can't talk about them. They just have to be titties. You can't talk about them. I know, but it's it's so su- like suggestive. You can, and, show, like, you can show pictures of children being bombed in Gaza. You can't talk about it. Yeah. Hell, I uploaded a clip today of that Bible thing me and Jamie did mm-hmm. where we, we were laughing about like the wording in the King James Bible. Like there was something that like where the way it was phrased was like he, him. And we were like, oh, pronouns. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and it said, and then it said something like God created you know, male and female. And I was like, I just was like, yeah, you know, I do appreciate that it specifies there's, there's only two genders, you know? And and so like I took that clip and put it on TikTok and immediately they hit it with like a hate oh, yeah. speech. Yeah, because oh, yeah. there's no time for anything satirical or you know there's no humor involved unless it's the one that we know is safe for other people. Nobody's gonna be mad at it, then it's fine. But if anybody's gonna have to raise an eyebrow, like I've left comments uh, on Twitter, like of my friends, and just. Uh, you know, just the way black people talk to each other, we just kind of say things in a certain way. And all I have to do is put like bitch a hoe in my comment and then I'll get like a thing from a warning from Instagram. Are you sure you want to post this comment? Oh, Other comments with Zuck, Zuck's websites are very like strict on that shit. Twitter X, formerly Twitter, is a free for all. Well, of uh, course, that's where all the best porno still is. I, I have I had to get off X because you know um, there was a new reason. there was a new Mr. Hands on X recently. Wow. There was another video another video of a guy getting fucked by a horse. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, just just on the way like somebody tweeted it and everybody was like, What the fuck? Have we learned nothing? No. <laughs> no, now it's like more accessible now it's like you don't even have to go to some fucked up website it's just on twitter you don't even have to go to a ranch in portland or seattle or whatever the fuck you can ship oh <laughs> humans oh. will never learn. we'll never get any better we'll never yeah. get any better but you um, have to want to see horses fucking i guess X, elon mutter's x would be the place to get it that does not surprise me yeah, it is a wacky world we live in. I'm, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just trying to be. I am, well, you know, I am the first billionaire podcaster. I'm the the Daniel Plainview of podcasting. Okay, and, well, good for you. That's what I say. And uh, going to run for his money. Yeah, well, as I'm, to, I, you know, I'm changing the game. It's, it's like, uh, very, we're back to basics. Very stripped down. No production value. Just so when you interview Tucker Carlson, are you going to insist that he has to take off his shirt? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but he leave the bow tie. Yeah. <laughs> the bow tie stays on. Just think that. But yeah, leave the bow tie on, but you have to strip tits out, baby, if yeah. you want to come on the put on, Actually, put on a big Mr. Jan- Mr. Bojangles bow tie. Or put on a big, like, oversized bow tie that spins around. What? Yoink? I don't think he has the, the comedic timing for his spinning. Um, no, I don't think um, he can carry it. Um, but yeah, I look forward to it to seeing uh Tucker Carlson with his tits out on his podcast because he's <laughs> discriminate. He doesn't care. 
he'll do anything where there's a camera and a mic. He's that. He, uh... mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, you know, the billionaire podcast network is growing, and, and it's it's the next revolution in podcast. You know, I I think like as bad as everything has been for me, and, and I've burned everything to the ground in my own life, and I have nothing anymore. Yeah. All of my earthly possessions are gone. Uh, no, <laughs> mo- I have no money, no chance yeah. at love or happiness. No possession. No just in, in the throes of my like mental illness and so, like shit I was dealing with I, I've uh committed unspeakable uh atrocities to the people like toward the people that who love and care about me and have only shown unconditional love and support uh sins for which I will spend the rest of my life atoning but uh from all of that I now have the iron will and fire in my belly to revolutionize podcasting hell yeah i can't wait to see it um the tip stuff is all in my opinion already just uh next level so i can't believe i'm the first person that thought of that is like do i don't know if you are but you're the first person that i've seen do it you're the first person that i've ever uh paid any attention to yeah well it comes it comes from a place of like you know i i of love appreciation for titties but also like i didn't want to do just like straight up like horny like objectification i was like i was like i want to approach this as if i am legit like honestly like viewing this like roger ebert would minded critiques yeah we're we're, yeah because like one of the one of the ones i did the lady who made the video not the goth bbw because she's already like a sex worker so she was like happy about it no matter what because it's like help i think it helps her only fans maybe but there was another one i did wild annie not not just her she actually reached out like she actually wanted me to do it but there was one i did that was like this comedian in new york uh, her name is megan bitchell and somebody somebody sent me a tiktok she had made that was like i was watching like good lord I mean, look at this, look at these things, <laughs> and, and it was, and that was like she was doing like a sketch, but that was like the joke was like I have big tits, was like <laughs> the premise of it, and, and so I made my video like my five minute like criticism on this, and put it online, and she found it, and she has like a hundred thousand followers, so she found it and shared it, and was like, like said something to the effect of like. He put he like really put in the work on it. Like I can't even be mad at this because like, so detailed. And because it's the wordplay, it's the cleverness of the wordplay, uh, the appreciation of the jokes. <laughs> it's just like I've been yeah. sharing it with people. I'm like, why do more people love this as much as I do? Like it's just because I think I think people are so programmed now to see anything like that as like chauvinistic and like it's some sort of objectification and like to a certain extent i guess it could be considered but i like i I see you do like a lot of porn star sex workers and stuff like that but it doesn't i don't know it and i'm the wrong person to ask right i'm the wrong person to even have an opinion of it but the the level of appreciation that you have for the tits is admirable like that (laughs) in itself is endearing yeah well, what it's the funny the funny thing is like sometimes I'll I'll hit one like where the because I did one on Osama bin Laden's niece 
that pop star, his like <laughs> hot pop star niece. And it was like the joke was that it's like a titty titty video, but within it, I'm like actually doing like a history lesson on like the Soviet Afghan war and the Mujahideen and all that. So it's yeah. like a five a five minute video. Most of it is like most of it's is it's, it's like talking about like what like what caused 9-11, like the events leading up to Osama bin Laden's radicalization. And but <laughs> that's wrapped in uh his niece's titties. <laughs> and so layers. layers yeah so that caught like i posted that on twitter and that caught on pretty quickly that was like one where all these people were like yo what the fuck is this this is awesome right. with complexity right yeah, yeah. And it's not even is but, but it, the funny thing is like i'm not even like particularly knowledgeable about that sort of thing like i'll skim a wikipedia article and just get what i need yeah, you and, know everything you need to know at that point. Yeah, and it's it's like okay, so I know I know tits, and now I know enough about this. Right, the tits you could talk about that in your sleep. Yeah, but you know. yeah, but so Al Qaeda takes a little doing. But that's that's the thing. Look, you gotta find you gotta find your angle these days. So it's like minus titties, which is why I don't have a podcast because I'm like I have I feel like I not necessarily finding a gimmick, but finding you know a unique voice amongst okay. the noise well think about okay so think about true crime what is what is like the crux of all these like women doing true crime podcasts and like what's the stereotype it's typically di disgruntled disenfranchised white men who are doing these crimes okay. so how about how about you do a show and find the black men who are doing doing murders i mean there's so many <laughs> but yeah. they, they do have black women podcasters that I actually watch, like in Killing Color and stuff like that. There are <laughs> called in Killing Color, and she does like it's a true crime, it's a black true crime. Uh, like she has an Instagram or whatever, and it's very interesting. So I do, I do see creators doing stuff like that, which I like. I love a podcast with a point, um, with with a certain uh meat. You know, a certain heft of content. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I just, uh, I just don't want to be another voice, just more noise screaming into the void. It has to be something that, that strikes a chord. I, yeah, I get that. I mean, you're knowledgeable about, so like, you know, you, if you, if you, if you know enough, if you know about enough black serial killers, I mean, that's an untapped market pretty much because, you know, we had our fill of Bundys and Gacy's and Dahmer's, but where's the, uh, I mean, but they've, they've talked the about like the Washington's the and Jefferson's. Well, you know, the DC sniper, the, what was that? The, uh, the sleepy killer or the, you know, the dude in, in Cali, like, you know, there's all these. Like these if you things. did, if you did, like, if you just did like a pilot talking about like Chris Dorner, it's like oh, you. It's like you Amer talking American hero Chris Dorner. Yeah, like you, somebody like you going real deep on Chris Dorner. <laughs> what a time to be alive! Asymmetrical warfare. It became a part of the lexicon thanks to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Asymmetrical warfare. The best. The, the best part about Chris Dorner was like in his manifesto, being like, "Yo, I love Ellen DeGeneres." Right. He was just saying, um, so he was like Serena Williams and what was it? Nora, what was it? Uh who the girl who sang, I don't know why. Like she said, uh, yeah, uh Serena Williams is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. 
Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, it was, okay. it was just it was like I love comedy and I'm horny for Serena Williams. <laughs> like, yeah, you could yeah do talk about Chris Dorner, talk about um who's the other guy? I don't know. There's just so many. There's so many things that have happened uh, in the world that I I just don't care to talk about. I prefer. I just live in the, in this vacuum of uh, Eric Adams. Um, <laughs> and it's just this vacuum of just you know me not doing my best to just barely exist at times. You know what I'm saying? Isolation is the self isolation is the cousin to suicide. You oh, know man, what I'm saying? I've been like, so isolated lately. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get out of this situation, but I, I oh, just yeah. I just got my mind back. Um, just start reading again. I'm reading the Bible. Uh. <laughs> I just feel like if I feel like uh, if I was uh, a licensed therapist or medical mental health professional, I would buy, advise anyone to stay away from the Bible. <laughs> Please don't read that. I think my <laughs> I think therapy and psychiatry is such a uh, just like quack pseudo uh help like pseudo healthcare. I mean some of them can be quacks, but other ones can be very helpful because one thing that human beings have gotten very good at over the years is lying to themselves. And so if you could get a psychiatrist or a therapist who could break you out of that shit. I guess I mean it just seems like now looking at it now having gone through all the horrors and uh terrors of the american mental health care system it's like it's it's just weird that there's this entire industry that's like yeah pay a stranger like how much money to talk to them for 45 minutes a week and then you know so many and like so many aspects of just being a human are in the dsm-5 where it's like maybe like i think like what you're can what you're categorizing as like some symptom or some sort of mental illness might just be uh, just having a brain and being human. It's just like, you know what I mean? Well, yes, because the, the human experience is a uh, horror and chaos. Yeah. But at the same time, I think we kind of need help navigating that. And you're talking to somebody who went to school to do this for a living. So... Yeah, but I think if you if you have like family and like a good group of friends, like going to and talk that's to, true, but everybody doesn't because we are more like isolation is one of the the biggest challenges we face today as the as the yeah as a society is isolation. What is the cure? Like you can't connect honestly with anybody. Male loneliness. Yeah, that's the. And it ain't pussy. Spoiler alert: It's not vagina. Damn, I wish it was. Well, even if it was, it's not like I'm. It's not like I have access to the cure, <laughs> but but you know, like they they're they're more the, for me. The Martin Shkreli got a hold of the pussy on, on for me. <laughs> that rat faced bitch. But um, you know the, the the human condition is such that we have forgotten how to connect with each other on a very uh just like a visceral level. Like we have forgotten how to have that sense of community and connectedness and oneness. Um, and I understand why we got away from it because, you know, going with the crowd seems so detrimental to one's ability to to just be in tune with reality. So, because all people do is lie to each other. If you get in the echo chamber of it all, like, that's very unattractive to me. Yeah, and 
Yeah, there, there, there were like people worried about this years ago, uh, like the advancement of like technology and people drifting away from sincerity and community, like because yeah. um, people yeah. are fucking idiots and they becoming louder and louder every day. People are dumb as hell. I, that was that was like what was causing a lot of the the tension on the last podcast I was doing. That the loud boys was like I. I was I even before that had was growing very weary of irony and irony poisoning and like this ironic detachment from everything and just constant mockery of everything yeah. and it's and, and always feeling like especially hanging out with comedians like always riffing and trying right. to everybody all and that's one of the things I probably hate most about hanging around comedians is everybody's always on you know yeah. Shit. And so, like, as we were doing the show, uh, I was like, and we we were definitely, like, people were comparing us to Comtown a lot. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to be, I mean, I would love to make that kind of money for sure. But it's like, I don't want to just, like, rip off them and just do this, like, hyper ironic, like, low brow, bottom of the barrel shit. Uh, especially, like, when we're talking about doing a show for, like, at least two hours a week. I was like, this doesn't need to be a laugh riot every week. There's room for like sincerity and like actual conversations to be had. No, there but isn't. I guess <laughs> there wasn't on that show because like one of my co-hosts, like you know, people people reach out to me all the time and they're like, why, like why do you still harbor any animosity towards this guy? And I'm like, because he, I mean that that guy like made it very very fucking clear he didn't like respect me. And cre like creatively, he thought what I was doing, like actually trying to be sincere and genuine at all, he like made every effort to squash that and, and show his ass and like assume the power position as like the Joker of the show, like the the one who doesn't take anything seriously and is just constantly taking jabs and like riffing nonstop. And that that I mean that caused a lot of tension. What is what am I looking at? What is this? Oh, did I lose you? Oh, I think I lost her. Well, uh, I, lo I lost my... This has been going on for a while anyway. Um, well, Didi, uh, thank you for doing the show. Um, I, may, I, might, I might just put this one up on the, the regular channel. Uh, since this was such a good one, I, I think a lot more people should see it. Um, <laughs> is she coming back? <laughs> nope, I guess that's it. Okay, well, uh, patreon.com slash cornfed with Dalton Pruitt. Uh, I have outlasted every my co-host and my guest. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned for Lost in the Maze and more episodes of uh, Blessed Billionaire, Backyard Bible Boys, but Bonanza Banquet, uh, uh, Baba Baree, um, and, and follow me on TikTok at Dalton Pruitt. Uh, be sure to follow DDT uh, wherever you may find her. Uh, and, and I love you. Thank you. Uh, goodbye. I love you.
Jesus.